0: Maverick News, the antivirus program for your mind. And now, the Freedom Reporters. Good evening everyone, I'm Rick Walker. Welcome back to the Maverick News channel. Great to have everybody back. You're a regular motley crew? and new viewers from all over the world. So much to talk about tonight. Julian Assange, the extradition case continues. Lori is monitoring. That has been all day. I expect you will join us at some point during the broadcast to bring us up to date on what's going on with that. Kevin Michalizzi will join us from Crimea to give us a broader perspective on the state of the war in Ukraine. The other night I was talking about the current situation over there, throwing out some numbers, some information, and Kevin has additional information that will help expand our understanding in a more meaningful way. And we're also going to talk tonight About, Oh my goodness, Neuralink, the first human recipient of a Neuralink brain chip, is recovering. Elon Musk brings us up to date. And uh, we'll see if we have time. We might talk about Canadians potentially losing access to Pornhub. Oh, do I hear people crying out there? Oh, well, some. Um, others cheering, depends on your point of view. Trump has named some of the people on his short list for potential running mates. Car theft in Canada, that committee's looking at it, Uh, parliamentary committee, and they have earmarked some money to combat the growing problem with car theft in Canada. So hopefully we'll have time to touch on that tonight as well. We have all that, plus probably uh, take a moment to just remind everyone that we do have an upcoming All Candidates Forum for a very important and high profile federal by-election in Canada in the riding of Durham. We'll talk about that this evening as well. So we have lots to talk about on this news program and news talk program. And I have—I also have another new phone system that I am testing out. So if we have time, and I don't know if we will or not, but later in the broadcast, we may have an opportunity to give that a short test run. So get your dialing fingers ready and get your uh, get your what is it what do they call those things get your ears on <laughs> CB lingo because the Maverick news program begins right now
1: feel the vibrations Our quest continues. The truth is out there.
2: Greetings Brave Mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are Maverick Thinkers. We are all unique individuals. Individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms. Credible. Trusted. Grounded in reality. Maverick News. Maverick News. Defending free speech. Free speech donate at freedomreporters.com do it now tomorrow maybe too late too late too late too late Maverick news the, the world, world is washing
0: okay so we are just a little after the top of the hour. So let's kick things off with this. There's been a a bit of back and forth on the political stage today. It began and I'm talking about in Canada now, and th- this is an issue though that will register with our US viewers as well. The leader of Canada's Conservative Party, Pierre Polyev, today, asked about transgender rights. This is an issue that will be front and center in the upcoming federal election in Canada. I expect to some degree in the United States as well during the presidential election. But Polyev, I really I think really for the first time came out and stated in the in in his in terms that are the clearest to date for him his position on this issue in particular his position on transgender access to washrooms and women's sports etc so it began with that and then Justin Trudeau asked about it later in the day and we have we have the video and we're going to bring it home right now as pierre Polyev would say we'll bring home the video to you right here right now this is the way it went down with the conservative leader first today addressing this transgender issue that's common sense thank you next question
3: good morning mr polyev david menzies with rebel news Mr. Polyev, for the last few years, our news organization has been covering what can only be described as a war on women. Biological males are pretending to be females and these men are invading female safe spaces. This includes female sports ranging from volleyball to rugby. As well, men pretending to be women are gaining access to female shelters and even female prisons. This has collectively led to real women and girls being emotionally abused, physically injured, and Is whoa, 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 whoa. should you form the next federal government, will you make female safe spaces safe again by introducing legislation that bans so-called transgender women from participating in female sports and getting access into female shelters, and female
4: prisons? Female spaces should be exclusively for females, uh, not for biological males. Um, the, you asked if I introduce
0: legislation on that. A lot of the spaces you described are provincially
5: and municipally controlled. So it is unclear what federal legislation, would, what would reach federal legislation would have to change
0: them. But obviously, Uh, Female sports, female change rooms, female bathrooms should be for females, not for biological males. Thank you. Thank you. Next question. Morning, Mr. Pollyad, Andrew Lawton, True North. The federal government has said that it's uh, online harms bill is imminent. Uh, They've said this bill- Okay, so that's that. Now, that's- so that's making waves, getting traction. Going a little bit, a tiny bit viral, um, and it kind of triggered Justin Trudeau, the PM, when he was asked about it and uh, and responded later in the day. And we have we have the video on that as well. So let's bring that home too. Here's uh, here's J T. Canada's Prime Minister responding to Pierre. Last question. I'd like to build on that theme a little bit. Uh,
3: Pierre Poiliev specifically said that that children born biologically male should be banned from female washrooms, changing rooms, sports.
6: Uh, Do you think your government has done enough to uh, protect trans rights? I think Mr. Poiliev and politicians like him are choosing to attack some of the most vulnerable people in our society as a way of deflecting from the fact that they're very good at creating division and anger and creating political toxicity and driving wedge issues but so far they have been terrible at putting forward any concrete solutions for the big problems That people that all Canadians are facing in their daily lives. They're quick with slogans and buzzwords. And culture wars. But they're not doing the work of actually rolling up their sleeves and delivering. Three hundred and thirty. Housing units here. Delivered next year uh, in this summer, including over sixty percent of them deeply, uh, uh, sixty percent of them affordable billions of dollars in investment in childcare that provinces like Alberta are not delivering properly to Albertan families because of ideology. We're stepping up on the fight against climate change to draw in global investment. Here in Alberta, for years I've been pointing out that Alberta is the number one place in the country for green investments, for investments into renewables, for innovation in the future of how we're gonna power our country and our world in a net-zero economy. What does the Alberta government do? Oh, it puts a pause on renewables. I was talking to the Alberta Business Council just last fall, who were up in arms about it, rightly, because what kind of signal does that send to investors? What kind of signal does that send to Albertans who know that providing energy in a net zero world will provide incredible jobs for Albertans. If you work in construction, if you work uh, in the oil sector, you can also work in the hydrogen sector, you can work in the nuclear sector, you can work uh, in the carbon capture utilization and storage. These are good skilled jobs that Albertans are already doing that they will be able to do as long as we make sure the capital is flowing in those areas. But these are all real issues with real solutions that we're working on. And people like Pierre Polyev would rather pick a fight with trans kids. That's not leadership. And that's not a game I'm going to play with them. Yes, we're going to make sure we're doing everything we can to protect vulnerable people in this country, because that's what Canadians expect. But I'm not going to get dragged into culture wars about this. When the fact is, Canadians expect their governments to roll up their sleeves and deliver for them, and that's what we're doing. I'll ask it again, sir. What what can or what is your government doing to protect the rights of trans kids? <laughs> Just now in the answer nation, the question. I was uh, sitting down with a number of uh, doctors from the Canadian Medical Association. Uh, I think one of the things we should all do in difficult issues is rely on experts. Rely on on science, on researchers, on people who actually work uh, with vulnerable kids, people who sit down with families to talk through extremely difficult decisions and rely on them to depoliticize issues and look at what is in the best interest of Canadians, of communities, of individuals. Relying on our service and health professionals to make decisions about how to best protect people is, I think, something that this government will always stand for and highlight that more governments should be doing rather than picking fights with vulnerable people.
0: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Prime Minister, how do you feel about transgender rights? Well, I went to Tim Hortons and I got a double-double. And then I got a cream-filled donut and an apple fritter. Went down to... The beer store and bought myself a twelve pack. I don't know. It's like <laughs> uh, politicians, man. It's like just answer the question. Obviously, this is going to be uh, an ongoing big issue. It has been an issue that I would say people on on the right side of the political spectrum have picked up and and grabbed a hold of right so uh they're running with it and they've got i think jt on the run a little bit with it but this is going to be very divisive he's talking about division the issue is dividing people for sure it's a very divisive issue so let's take another quick break when we come back on the other side we'll pick up uh, um kevin michalizzi who will Bring us up to date on the situation in Ukraine. As I say, I was talking about uh, the you, the situation in Ukraine, the um, the situation in Avdivka, where Russia is now in control once again of that uh, that that city. And um, yeah, we'll pick things up uh, when we come back. Actually, you know what? Joseph just joined us, so let's bring Joseph in for a moment. Um, there he is. Hey, my friend, how are Hel- you?
7: Hello. Can you hear me? Okay.
0: I can listen. Yeah. Um, I need to pull off uh, because I've got I've got a thing with uh, with Kevin Michalizzi coming up, and it's it's just it's a two person thing. So we're going to be about I th- I'd say probably well I'll, I'll I'll message you and and let you know kind of what's going on with that. But but don't go don't go away. Yeah. Gonna, no. I I I'm I figured I. Him.
7: I figured I'd come in early and when you got to me, you got to me.
0: Yeah, because because Joseph is going to join us and talk about some other um, stuff that we were talking about the other night as well. And and he's just going to we got stuff. We got stuff (laughs) is what we got. So did did you do your
7: I, I didn't hear the show yesterday. Did you do your back to the future correction?
0: (laughs) <laughs> i did i did i did talk about that we can talk about it more i'm not i am I'm, I'm i'm this much embarrassed by it not too embarrassed because the, that that back to the future trailer is so well done it looks yes. so authentic that uh you could fool well i'm gonna say i could fool just about anybody they got me i didn't see the whole thing but we'll talk a little bit more about that as well so So, do not go away, I shall return right after this with Kevin Michalizzi.
2: Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news.
6: Together we expose
2: propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are Maverick Thinkers. We are all unique individuals. Individuals. Defenders of individual rights and freedoms. Credible. Trusted. Grounded in reality. Maverick News. Maverick, maverick News. Defending free speech. Free speech. Free speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow maybe too late too late too late too late maverick news the, the world, world is watching, is watching.
0: kevin Michalizzi, welcome back sir rick glad to be here as always I'm glad you could join us today. We're going to talk about uh, this uh, situation that unfolded in Avdivka. Um, I was yeah. talking about it the other night. I laid out some numbers and some information you know, that was available to us here, but um, you're going to bring us a, a deeper perspective on this and, and maybe something a little bit more accurate to give people a fuller view. Um, let's kind of roll things back to the beginning, first of all, and let's talk about how this current episode of how this battle began, We're, we go back about, what, five months ago or so right. when things really began, right?
4: Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, Ukraine and the West was saying it was a going to be a decisive battle for Ukraine. It was, you know, a stronghold. It was uh, an important uh, logistical spot for Ukraine to hang on to. Mm-hmm. and uh you know much like the Bakhmut uh deal uh, the fight has been long and hard and slow so um you know in the last oh I'd say four or five weeks Russia really started making pushes into that area and is what they did is they surrounded the city on three sides and started to close off the fourth side and uh you know that's where we were just the end of last
0: week right and that was their strategy was to try to encircle
4: the Ukrainian troops in the yep. city right
0: and, yes yeah um, and
4: and the Ukrainian government uh you know Zelensky had Ordered the troops to hold the city at all costs, and they were going to um, fortify themselves in the coke plant. And again, trying to make it another Bakhmut, and you know the Azov battalion hiding in the, uh, you know the steel factory, uh, and uh, you know it just didn't work out for them.
0: Right. Why was this city important strategically? it wasn't okay
4: this this is a city where um the previous commander-in-chief of the ukrainian armed forces he wanted to withdraw his troops and conserve his troops for defensive lines back in uh you know december january and Mm -hmm. Zelensky would not allow him to withdraw the troops so um you know that really it, it was a pr thing is what it really was for is you know we can show the west we need money from them we need more weapons uh but that we can win this war and unfortunately this is what happens when you have a politician uh not listening to his you know senior military advisors so um you know they fired uh Jaluni you know a couple of weeks ago put this new guy in his name always slips my mind but um you know he was this was after uh, Victoria Newland flew to Ukraine to settle the dispute between Jaluni and Zelensky and you know rumors have it that she said you know Jaluni you will step aside and this new guy will be put in and you know and this is what happened then immediately after she left so the new guy is supposedly a yes man for Zelensky. Zelensky told him to hold that city at all costs. And there was some, um, there was some
0: symbolic significance to the city, I think, though, because of uh, if, of if its um, I just the you know that the history, the recent history in terms of the the way this whole conflict began, right with. Uh, the situation in the Donbass and, uh, you know, what the West would characterize as separatists, the sort of, you know, it's yeah. been, jo- they've been jockeying for control over that town from well, the, the beginning. B- yeah. All the, the way back the to the 2014. Thing,
4: yeah. The big thing about Avdivka is it's where they were shelling the city of uh, Donetsk from. Right. So, you know, what it buys for the Russians is security for the city of Donetsk.
0: Yeah, and it's been a meat grinder from what, you know, I've I've been reading, seeing, hearing yep. uh, right from the beginning. You know, pretty heavy losses on both sides, really. Both sides, yeah.
4: Yeah. So. And, you know, as usual, you get the propaganda on both sides. Ukraine says, you know, gee, we lost, you know, 10,000 guys and Russia lost 300,000. Russia says, you know, we lost 10,000. They lost 300,000. Um, yeah. You know, so you have to look beyond that from the guys that I talked to that are on the front, both Mm -hmm. sides suffered losses. So, yeah, the numbers that
0: I've been seeing here indicate that on the Russian side, you're looking at uh, somewhere around 16,000 to 17,000 soldiers killed. That information coming from multiple sources, really, including this um, online blogger Andrei Morozov, who's a pro-Russian blogger, has actually fought with Russian troops, and mm-hmm. um, but he was posting online talking about these losses, and then came under heavy criticism from uh, his commanders and others. Apparently, strangely, today he—we're seeing reports that he has committed suicide. Yeah. Uh, Three
4: bullets to the back of the head.
0: Well, maybe suicide. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. Do, do you have any thoughts on that estimate of of, of casualties? Sixteen thousand, seventeen thousand. Um, I'm seeing it in many mainstream reports. He was saying about that many. Uh, you know, and I'm not. Cl- I'm not really clear how many. Ukrainian troops were lost. I can't really get a, a handle on those
4: numbers, maybe because they don't want us to see that number over here. Yeah, you know, the Russian number sounds about right. This is what I'm hearing from guys up on the front. Um, believe it or not, we actually do get relatively accurate numbers about losses of Ukrainian troops. And it tends to be, you know, 1,000, 1,200 today, um you know five six hundred the next day so if you add it all up you're probably talking you know 30,000 40,000 troops now you have to add into that the fact that a lot of the troops that particularly from Avdivka were surrender uh, surrendering to Russia um so they've taken a significant amount of people who have surrendered And some of these guys have even joined the Russian armed forces to fight against uh, Ukraine because they say the way they were treated by their military and their commanders, they were, you know, counting their bullets is how bad their ammunition supply was. That is uh,
0: the issue that was cited um, by Zelensky when he was just, uh, again, within the last few days, begging for more money, more aid, more weapons. And uh, the commanders there, I guess, indicated that they simply didn't have enough shells, enough resources to carry on the fight. How much do do you think that was the significant factor in, in, you know, the final
4: conclusion on this? I think there's a lot of factors in it, Mm -hmm. you know, lack of weapons, lack of training on the weapons, lack of experienced soldiers. You know, these guys aren't getting a lot of training these days. They're being conscripted. They're having a gun shoved in their hands, maybe get a week or two of training and then thrown out on the front line. Yeah. So and, it's and outnumbered, not good for too. The Ukrainians. Outnumbered. Well, the Russians well outnumbered. have way yeah. more.
0: Yeah. I've, I've been seeing that at times they were outnumbered as much as seven to one.
4: Yeah. I yeah. I can't give you an exact number on that, but, you know, we've got, 50,000 people a month volunteering to go fight. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, that the 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 warfare that they were engaged in really was a meat grinder, again, and we've seen this, yes. we saw it in Bakhmut, we've seen it elsewhere. And uh, I understand that one of the, 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 the um, strategies that they ended up using, one of the things that the Russians did was they accessed drainage tunnels, and dug additional tunnels to get in behind the Ukrainian troops. They came up on the other side, and then that's one of the things that allowed them to help, you know, get get them closer to encircling
4: the city. Yep. Yeah, and then they uh, stuck to the forests on the north and south side, and that was high ground, so they could shoot down on the guys. So, um, a lot of good tactics by the guys. Uh, now, They will tell you, if you talk to the guys on the front, they got a lot of fire back, the Ukrainians fought hard and valiantly, and these guys will say that. So it isn't, you know, you hear a lot of, uh, you know, gee, you see in this news report that, you know, the Russians are bad mouthing the Ukrainians and things like that. And, and it isn't that way, you know, these guys fight hard but they the Russian forces also understand that they're better equipped and better trained and these guys are just young guys old guys um you know the most experienced guys were still the Azov battalion which this new general um ordered to go in uh on the last day to help uh hold the city and the Azov battalion actually refused to go in they said it's a meat grinder Um, it isn't a city that's worth saving for us and we refuse to go in and fight so they disobeyed orders of their commander-in-chief now you know this is part of the reason why the city was uh, withdrawn from and i use the term withdrawn loosely because this general did not make the decision to withdraw his troops until they had already fled the, the, uh, uh, the city. So they only had one way out. It was a field. All the roads were already captured. And the men earlier in the day on the Ukrainian side started fleeing through the fields to save their lives and they left weapons behind and they're wounded because they just had no way to take it out of the city. So all these men were fleeing the Azov battalion was refusing to come in to defend the city. So, you know, well into the night, this general said, oh yeah, I've made the decision. I'm going to withdraw my troops. Well, they had already self withdrawn. So, um, he did it supposedly against the orders of Zelensky. He couldn't contact Zelensky because Zelensky was in Germany, begging for, you know, money and weapons. And uh, he had been given the order by Zelensky not to leave the city. And uh, you know, his guys basically didn't give him any choice. So uh, he announced that he was withdrawing them even though they were already gone. My
0: understanding is that one of the reasons the Russians sustained the, the losses they did is because they needed to, uh, especially in the last month, sort of send waves of soldiers in and engage ultimately in, you know, street to street, building to building combat. And because they were on the offensive, they were left in a more vulnerable position. So they sustained some pretty heavy losses in what was very fierce fighting.
4: Well, yeah, you know, it was the same thing with the street to street fighting in Mariupol, uh, Bakhmut. you know, so this is, you know, this is what happens when you do. You know, house to house, street to street, fighting. Yeah,
0: well, tragic all the way around, and I just wish we yeah. uh, could get to an end of this thing so that the bloodshed would end. But uh, yeah. it looks like uh, looks like it's it's far from over. I mean, I it, it looks like they'll at some point approve this additional. I think it's ninety five billion in funding on the U S. side. Uh, I, I see that eventually happening, but, you know, we, we're seeing delays with it. That's having some impact. But once that funding is approved and these additional um, munitions, the, uh, the, the money, the arms, once that starts to flow again, um, you know, I'd say it's kind of a, a, a reset of sorts and uh, then go again. Um, any thoughts on that money and the funding?
4: You know, I saw a press briefing by the spokeswoman for the Department of Defense in the United States. Um, I don't know if it was yesterday or, or today, my, you know, it comes in so quickly. And she was answering a reporter's question about how long, when this money is approved, it would take them to be able to start supplying again. And she said two to three months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't know if Ukraine has two to three months. Mm. You know, Russia is moving quickly through uh, Ukraine at the moment. They have so many men on different fronts now. And, uh, you know, they, they've taken two, three cities beyond Avdivka now. And, uh, you know, they did have one area that Ukraine took back today, but, uh, you know, they're, they're making significant advances. So right
0: now, time is on. Well, I don't know. On how do you care? How, how do it's, you? Say, it's
4: it's not on Ukraine's side. Right. right that's now. not.
0: Yeah. That's right. So, Russia's. But it's
4: it's war. It can change on a moment's notice.
0: Yeah, that's very true. And if that funding is approved, we're we're seeing. I'm seeing reports that uh, the U.S. wants to send. Get this, a million drones. To Ukraine a million
4: yeah but a what million. kind of drones I you don't know, know. suicide yeah. bomb drones or you know these little you know ones or who knows yeah and then you know, yesterday the... we
0: we ran this story uh here in Canada about Canada sending over 800 that alone is 95 million dollars but when I looked at those drones there, that's over one hundred thousand dollars a piece and i'm like that looks like stuff you can build at home with parts that you order on the internet in fact i'm certain that you
4: could do that so uh, that blew my mind i what's well, those it's those six hundred dollar hammers and six hundred dollar toilet seats you know yeah yeah you, you got to keep lloyd austin rich
0: yeah, so I don't know how far the ninety-five billion will go when you're paying that kind of money for consumer-grade drones. Uh, <laughs> I just don't know, man. Uh, it, it seems like somebody's getting rich off this. In fact, it doesn't seem like it. It's so obvious
4: that some people are really getting rich. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I talked to the. First Minister of Information in the Donetsk People's Republic uh, on Saturday had him on my show and he was telling me that, you know, sure, these big drones are used for a massive attack here or there, you know, Mm -hmm. sinking a Russian ship in the Black Sea, things like that. But where the real damage is coming and the real local intelligence is coming this from these little hundred dollar commercial drones yeah
0: I you know I gave an assessment the other night um, and I'll get you to comment on it I you know this is from a layman's perspective I think that both sides are tired of it I think that um, Putin even in his interview with with Tucker Carlson sort of saying, well, not sort of saying, he is saying, let's, let's talk peace. I think he wants, I think he wants this thing to end. I think he's tired of it. I think both sides are suffering from a degree of fatigue here, just tired of the whole thing. I think that, uh, you know, people here in the West are still pushing for their own reasons to keep it going but I think Putin would like it to end. I think that he basically has what he wants. I don't think he wants to control the entire country. I don't think he really, and I don't think he really wants to to have to go further. He will, but I I think he would like it to end. And I think even the Ukrainians would like it to end, but on, you know, at the same time, I don't think it's going so smoothly for Russia. I think one of the reasons that he wants to talk peace is because it's costing russia soldiers and resources and um and a lot of money too I think he'd just like it to end because he just doesn't want to have to put anything more into it but he's doing what he has to do at this point because they're so
4: committed um what, what are your thoughts on the path to peace you know he wanted it to end in march of 2022 a month after it started it was you know a Look, I can come in, I can do this the hard way, or you can follow the Minsk agreements, let Lugansk and Donetsk have autonomy and, you know, create their own rules, what language they're going to speak, things like that, and we'll leave. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the West screwed that up. Um, Now, quite honestly, You know, there's this talk of, well, you know, maybe they should give Crimea back. That's never going to happen. So any peace deal they talk is going to have to include Russia gets Crimea. And Putin is not going to give up on the Lugansk, the Donetsk, the, uh, you know, the Kherson. none of those regions that they currently occupy, but further, he wants those whole territories. He wants those whole oblasts because he considers the halves of like the um you know, the uh Donetsk oblast that Russia still hold or that Ukraine still holds, he considers that occupied territory. So, he wants those whole oblasts. Now, would he be willing to negotiate and let loose of them? I would say probably but he's not going to give up what he already has.
0: Yeah. I, it seems to me now is the time to end this. Um, and he, because he's you know,
4: negotiating from a point of power at this point. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think, you know, the other reason I think this is the optimal time to bring this to a conclusion and, 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 uh, and, and get to a place of peace is because, is because I think he has what he wants. And I yeah. think the West, I think, honestly, the West could live with the, the the current situation and have some of it, but not all of it, and, and yeah. sort of have it half and half, right? It, it, yeah. it, it ends up being a compromise that they could have reached maybe politically or some other political solution, but instead we have a lot of dead people.
4: Well, if we only had some diplomats left in... Uh the western countries. Yeah, instead you know, of you look at yeah. Germany yeah. and uh France and the United States, Canada, there's just no diplomats left. It's very true. It's very true and it's it's obstinate.
0: You know, they're just obstinate, they are arrogant, uh, they you know, f- f- grossly overconfident. They thought they could just you know, um push in politically into into Ukraine without real consequence and really kind of poke a finger in the eye of the bear and they found out otherwise they certainly yeah. did
4: don't don't poke a stick at a sleeping bear
0: yeah um, that never had to happen said that from the beginning. unfortunately, it did um, you know and then you know get you can get into the political talk on this, but it doesn't matter um, yeah because we just we have a lot of a lot of blood that uh didn't have to be spilled in my view yeah. it's you know, something I,
4: I was talking to uh lori the other couple of nights ago and she said you guys weren't hearing this in the west but there's actually a ukrainian underground partisans that are fighting on the side of russia and it started right around the first of february they burned down a warehouse with um volunteer aid and supplies for the armed forces of ukraine and that was in the odessa region i've heard of you know uh up around uh harkiv they had some guys poisoning the ukrainian soldiers uh with alcohol self-made alcohol that they uh you know added poison to 100 liters a month they were supplying and uh yep here's the story so this weekend this group derailed a train coming from romania filled with 155 millimeter uh, shells destined for the front and missiles destined for uh, the ukrainian front lines they derailed and destroyed the train and then on the 18th which was what sunday uh they actually burned down a drone manufacturing plant in western ukraine as well yeah no information about that over here at all not a not a peep yeah nothing so yeah the site you were showing i i sent you the links they you know I've actually verified the information with, with the guys over here. So, mm-hmm. um, it is real stuff. So these sources here, this is, uh, Southfront dot press it's called. yep. And South press, uh, Southfront is an independent news agency. They're kind of like Maverick news. They're truth seekers. They tend to be fairly reliable. Um, like anything. They're not like us because we're 100% reliable. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We try to be anyway. I'll just say that I don't take anything they say without verifying it elsewhere first. Right.
0: Yeah. Very important. Yeah. So yeah, I was, I was not familiar with these, uh, these news sources at all. So this is all new to me. I'll check them out from time to time to see what they have to say. And, uh, yeah, it looks like they, you know, pretty thorough with their, their pictures and the little clips of the video. So it looks like they're following stuff. And then you, I know, Kevin, that you have, you know, excellent sources in, uh, in various places that uh, feed you very reliable information. And that's why it's so valuable to have you on the program, which is also why I need to ask you about the situation with... Um, you know, the, the Russian Black Sea fleet, because I was reporting the other day that um as much as twenty percent of, of it had been reported, um, disabled or lost. So they've the the Russian Navy suffering some losses there that were I think surprising in number. I when I went online and was just looking at the losses on both sides on the naval side of things I was amazed to see how active the 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 battle had been on the water.
4: Yeah, well, you know, yes and no. It was active in the very beginning, um, particularly in the Azov Sea. So 20% would be 10 out of the 50 ships in the Black Sea Fleet, or what was in the Black Sea Fleet, we should say at this point. So 20% is a pretty accurate number. So I, I have found the actual numbers on this and Russia has lost, uh, 10 ships, but that is five surface vessels and five auxiliary support vessels. And some of those vessels that they have lost were actually Ukrainian ships that they salvaged when the Ukrainian Navy sunk them so when the conflict started in the Azov Sea they sank uh 13 ships in the Azov Sea and you know Russia brought them back out uh refurbished them put them back into service in the Black Sea Fleet so total Russia had 68 ships that they were using or 63 ships. Sorry, so 20% would be 13, including the Ukrainian ships they were using. So 10, 10 is about 20% of their original fleet. Now, Ukraine is reporting. I, I think you sent me uh, what you were getting over there that they've destroyed a third of mm-hmm. Russia's navy, and uh, you know, a third of the Black Sea fleet. Uh, you know they're claiming 18 ships sunk and this is not the ukrainian navy that is putting these numbers out there that the west is picking up on and reporting this is you know a guy in the ukrainian navy or a ukrainian news source the official ukrainian numbers are uh 15 ships were destroyed in combat with 13 captured, including the ones that they sunk and and were reclaimed. So, um, you know, they're claiming 18. The actual number is nine on Russia's side, including support ships and 15 on Ukraine's side. And the support ships are, you know, tugboats. Uh, Russia lost a tugboat. They lost uh, three patrol boats and one assault craft. So as far as large ships, they've lost, you know, a couple of they've lost a cruiser, uh, three patrol boats, um, you know, one command ship, a couple of landing ships, uh, you know, and the tugboat. Ukraine, on the other hand, has lost a frigate, a Corvette, couple of patrol boats, six gunboats, uh, one assault boat, um, and that number I know is not correct. These are official Ukrainian and Russian numbers. So the one assault boat and craft I know isn't true because they have been attacking Crimea using these assault crafts. Basically, they're um, U.S. built speed boats. And you know they put five, six guys in it. Then they speed towards the shore, and um, you know Russia's launching helicopters out that shoot them down in the water. So I know these numbers are not accurate on the Ukrainian side. The Russian side, I can't really speak for, but these are the official numbers from the Russian Navy and the Ukrainian Navy. So the the toll stands at uh, ten and fifteen, officially.
0: The other thing that I I've seen in the last 2 days is a report that the US is and that the the headline was the US is leaning toward sending longer range missiles to Ukraine to use in the HIMARS systems and if that happens that would give Ukraine the ability to strike further into the Crimea area. Um, this I, it is worrisome to me because when they first sent those Heimar systems to Ukraine, they only provided the shorter-range munitions. and And yeah. I remember that Ukraine was told, you are not allowed to use these to strike into Russian territory. I remember that very, very clearly. Now yes. it seems like the U.S., position, the NATO position on it is shifting, and it's further escalation. And I would like your thoughts on that, because while it might not represent a Cuban Missile Crisis existential style threat to Russia, it it does suggest to me that we're
4: getting into even more dangerous territory. Well, keep in mind that the reason the West doesn't prevent them from using them against Crimea is because they consider Crimea Ukraine, right? So uh, the attitude is, is well, they can strike Crimea all they want, because it's their own territory. Now, uh, I had this discussion with somebody just a couple of days ago, um, you know, about the strike further into Crimea. Reality is the US has been supplying the medium range missiles already. Those missiles can reach everywhere in Crimea with the exception of the city of Yalta, one city in Crimea, so the only thing it will buy them with longer-range missiles is hitting the city of Yalta. Um, you know, so is one city going to make a difference? You know, not really. You know, it means they can shoot further out into the sea, hmm. uh, but you know, can you use those? attack a missiles to hit a ship out in the middle of the sea. They've claimed they've done it in the past, but it's been disproven. So it's the sea drones that they hit ships with. So I think is what it's going to do is it is going to escalate more on mainland Russia. You know, they've been forbidden from using these weapons on Russian territory, but they have been anyway. And you don't see the United States scolding them for it; they just ship them more. Yeah, Elgorod is constantly shelled with these missiles.
0: I wanted so, to ask you too, and this this goes back to the Tucker Carlson thing. And maybe you know about this, maybe you don't. I this is out of the blue. Um, right after the Tucker Carlson interview with Putin, there were reports over here of big fires in Moscow and, and I didn't report on it because I couldn't verify it. It looked to me like it could just be fake news, uh, propaganda. Did you hear anything about these fires in Moscow? Okay. The night of the Tucker Carlson Putin interview, it just seemed like it was, I I, I there, don't know.
4: It, it was fake. Have there been big fires in the Moscow region? Yeah. They had a Wildberries warehouse. It's like an Amazon warehouse burned down. 50,000 square meters big warehouse. Um you know, you never do get a clear report of what caused these fires. Anytime mm-hmm. there's one of these big fires, it's always well, somebody was smoking where they weren't supposed to be or they weren't following safety procedures, I think there's more to it. I think it is probably Ukrainian uh, cells operating throughout Russia. Um, So there have been some of these big fires. You know, after the Tucker Carlson interview, no, absolutely not. The, The last one they had up there was this warehouse they had an apartment building that burned not too long ago, but that was you know uh, somebody you know blew up their kitchen with their gas line, probably heating their home with their stove,
8: mm-hmm.
4: um, which is very common here. I had to I had to break my wife of that habit, uh, you know, years ago.
0: Yeah, so, I uh, yeah,
4: that's why I didn't report
0: on it. It is so hard though. It's becoming so difficult to separate fact from fiction on online right now. I'm I'm trying to be I'm I'm 10 times more careful than I ever was before yeah. in, you know, vetting information. And yet I still get duped once in a while. I I thought that that back to the future trailer for back to the future 4 <laughs> was real and it was just it's just a fan tribute thing so Fooled yeah. me. So easy to get fooled. But uh, I, I, you know, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I admit it. Um, what about the, the reports of NATO troops? Any more talk about that over there? NATO troops like actually being used, um, you know, posing as mercenaries, but they're actually NATO troops. And is there more talk about that? Because that also is obviously a a concern. If NATO troops are actually engaged in the battle, then we have a bit of a different situation on our hands.
4: Yeah, I mean, they've got large groups of foreign mercenaries uh, in Ukraine fighting for Ukraine. So, um, you know, that's a big news story here when they blow up one of the hotels that they're staying in, or, you know, one of their command post something like that so they do show you know this is where they were they show the passports so and they uh you know they show the patches off of the shoulders so this is this is real they have soldiers from france the united states germany um these you know a bunch of different places yeah but technically they're they're mercenaries because they aren't there uh you know under their country's uniforms they wear ukrainian uniforms with their flags on it so it's the ukrainian uh, foreign legion but they also have them in russia fighting for russia so you know if you want citizenship rick in russia you can come over here. You can volunteer to fight on the front line, and they'll make you a citizen.
0: Well, it's it's, it's tempting, I, but I'm not really I, a big fan of uh, of war, so it's not my first choice.
4: To, yeah, i yeah. i figured I figured out that you know most people that want to take a deal like that they don't realize that they shoot back at you. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yep, that's the problem. Well, it's not just the problem. I don't want to go shoot at anybody anyway. I agree. That's me. Kevin, is there anything else you'd like to add today or think that we might be missing?
4: No, I think that pretty much covers it for a a quick update. Really
0: appreciate you... uh, helping us get a a proper perspective on this. It's always difficult because we get certain kinds of information flowing over here and you get your information over there. And when we put it all together, I think it gives people a a more complete and more accurate picture that gets us closer to the truth. One more time, tell
4: people how they can find your work. You can find me at uh, this YouTube channel down here. I do propaganda stuff there if you wanna hear about life in Crimea and, uh, you know, what it's like to live here, you can find me at, uh, on YouTube at uh, American Crimea. And when you say you do propaganda
0: stuff, you, what you mean is you look at propaganda, I, you don't I, I create propaganda. I look at it propaganda. and I
4: expose it, yes. <laughs> as, as a guy who used to do propaganda, I, I expose propaganda, yeah. All right.
0: Kevin Michelicci, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yep.
4: Thank you, Rick.
2: Maverick News The world is watching
1: The information war is raging Truth without integrity is worth nothing Maverick News Because those who have power and those who seek it must be held accountable
3: The world is watching
1: Join our family of truth seekers, donate today and add your voice to the chorus of Maverick Nights, donate at maverickdonations.com, truth, integrity, it's the Maverick way, Maverick News. The world is watching.
0: Okay, I'm going to wave my arms, but this time I have my microphone on, so now it makes a little more sense. I'm back and joining us live from Detroit, the de Motor City. The one, the only, Joseph M. Leonard.
7: Hello, hello, hello. hello. And uh, I was glad to hear him say, because I say over and over and over again, but over and over and over again, some people just want their own confirmation bias. They just automatically dismiss anything that's inconvenient to their narrative. And he repeats it like I do. Every side in a conflict engages in propaganda. That's why it is difficult to ferret out truth and facts from fiction. And
0: that, right? <laughs> it's true. That's what I keep saying here. Right now, you have to be very careful what you... Uh you accept as being real or factual because we're in in a time of war. We're being bombarded with all kinds of propaganda from all sides. And it is more sophisticated than it has ever been before. They are messing with your mind. Yep. Yep.
7: I wish somebody would offer me money to peddle certain propaganda, but you know, nobody's made the offer. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so Joseph um, Julian Assange let's talk about that first uh, just because I know that things have kind of you know, evolved over there over the last two days two day hearing Assange wasn't in court, wasn't even there by video link because he is ill um, he's Um, You know, trying to avoid being extradited to the United States, U.S. officials today said that uh, he should face espionage charges saying that accusing him of putting innocent lives at risk. They say, U.S. officials say, that he went way beyond journalism, their words in his bid to solicit steel and indiscriminately publish as they put it classified US government documents that was their argument today in court they say that he isn't i guess basically to paraphrase they're saying he isn't really a journalist yeah
7: well i somewhat agree with the he went too far. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, like uh, Snowden, consider Assange a traitor, right? Part patriot, part traitor. And I appreciate, uh, it, I, I have no doubt that Russia and China think of him the same way also, right? He's not like Assange has only let out Western secrets so i and obviously here on the west it'd be nice if he released more stuff exposing them than the things he did exposing us but there are things that need to be exposed where is that line where is that fine line and yes i do agree he crossed and put not his lives on the line, but lives were indeed lost because of information he released. So, I'm I'm in that ground where, you know, I, I can understand Assange not wanting to come to the U.S. and some in the U.S. wanting to come here, but others considering him a hero. I stick with that traitor word again. Last time I was on, we took gray areas. Uh, The person you had the other day questioning something I said while on the show. People want confirmation bias and things that don't fit their narrative, they don't like, they just want to exclude it. Things don't, you know, they have this square peg and it doesn't matter if it's a round hole or a rectangular hole an octagonish hole, they're gonna jam that damn thing in that hole, right? It's like we've talked about on this show, not to go there, but the easiest example, right? The Jews, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, always the Jews, gotta be the Jews, the Jews did this, the Jews did that, the Jews did everything, they're responsible. Doesn't matter what the question is, that square peg, they're going to jam into that hole. It doesn't matter what the hell it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I think you probably just uh, made some heads blow up. <laughs> 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 With what you just said. But, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah.
7: journalist. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm of mixed emotion regarding him. I, I mm-hmm. hope that's coming because again you know right. i i see the gray areas i, I think that you're, you you can black you, and white
0: i can i can respect your opinion on that it's it this is a difficult issue a difficult case it's it's very complex i honestly i i see people on one side or the other the arguments that they have i think that uh, you know in order to strengthen their arguments they simplify the issue, then they take a very strong stand on it, because they're trying to win the argument. I can see both sides. I get it. it, it the whole thing makes me squirm as a journalist. It it makes me very uncomfortable. Personally, I have turned away stolen documents, offers of stolen uh, documents in the past, because I don't... Well, I, I won't get into the, you know, the particulars of those particular cases, but you know, in, in the case of Julian Assange, totally different attitude, a different approach. And uh, it's, um, it's not black and white as far as I am concerned. I see both sides. So I, I'm reserving my real opinion on this until I get more evidence, more information, it's not a cop out. I don't feel like I've been as much as uh, even though there's all this information out there, there's a lot of opinion out there. There's a lot of um, narrative. There's a lot of um, nuanced reporting. I, I, you know, I and I'm just waiting until I feel comfortable enough with the information that's flowing before I even form an opinion on this. Yeah. I don't know if I ever will form a hard opinion on this case
7: i i'm in the same camp with you but it goes back to the whole swastika thing again right people get emotionally invested they Mm. react emotionally they don't want to know or hear if there's any sort of context by way of example i've explained how they are, it is more a anti-Russia thing than a pro-Nazi thing in Ukraine. Likewise, or the converse to that is in the Middle East, there were, a, remember Hitler went to the Lebanon area to meet with the Mufti. There were a lot of Arabs who okay. sided with Nazis because they too seen them as quasi-liberators right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they were in areas under control of britain france and spain so they welcome you know to be careful what you wish for you're inviting one evil to help with what you perceive as another evil but it's different in the middle east of course because A lot of the Islamists are anti-Semites, and indeed the use of the swastika today in the Middle East is not uh, anti-Britain. It is indeed pro-Hitler and killing of Jews. So there's difference. But in the 70s or 80s it was here in the Detroit area, some of the details are fuzzy because it was a long time ago, but either the Penobscot building, the Fisher building, one of the buildings, we didn't think in terms of snowflakes, but there were pathetical corruptness people then, but some snowflakes saw swastikas on a building, right? And like this discussion that I tried to bring context to, they too leap to conclusions and didn't want to hear any context. A swastika to them, any swastika to them, must be a Nazi swastika. While they weren't Nazi swastikas, they were Native American tribe swastikas, but yet people bent over backwards and they were sandblasted from the building rather than have the earnest, honest discussion. Because no one wants to hear the facts, the truth, the context, all sides, they just get emotional and ingrained and invested in. A so, program.
0: OK. OK. We're going to take a break. OK. And take a break. I'll be right back.
2: News. The world is watching.
0: Okay, the, the reason I, I wanted you to come on the program tonight was because of what we were talking about the other night, which was um, uh, some, you, you were saying some stuff about World War II history And I had asked you about it because somebody had asked me about it. And I just wanted you to come on and explain the context um, in response to that. And that's really why um, I thought it was important to bring you on this evening. So there were two things. One, a reference to Finland in World War II. So let's start with that. Yeah, I mean... I don't even remember you. Honestly, I don't even remember you talking about it. Sometimes we just get into stuff. I'm pushing buttons so quickly that... Um, I, I, I miss things a, li- a little bit here and a little bit there. So I don't re- recall what you said. Yeah. So and please, I, do you, do you I, remember?
7: Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I mean, a lot of times in, in the moment, I ramble through a lot of things. And yeah, you missed it. But somebody, because of the narrative they want, what I said was inconvenient. So they focused on that. Is it any wonder why Finland today wanted to be and was admitted to Mm -hmm. NATO? Because Russia invaded Finland before Hitler invaded anyone. And it's also an inconvenient fact that people like to leave out that Stalin also invaded Poland the same time Hitler invaded Poland. These are yep. inconvenient facts to some people who want to bury Russian history.
0: Yeah, it would, and I'm just checking this. It was, that's quite correct. November 30th, 1939, Soviet forces invaded Finland with 21 divisions, 450,000 men, bombed Helsinki, they killed about 100 citizens, and destroyed more than 50 buildings. There you go.
7: Well, yet uh, somebody was questioning me on
0: that. <laughs> Apparently, um, the other thing, uh, and you know, and then World War Two came, you know, rolled along after that. Uh, the other thing, what was it? The um, I mentioned it to you in the, the message I sent when I asked. Oh, uh, the uh, the you the you said, and again, I don't even really remember you saying this because we cover so much stuff. You said the Nazis liberated Ukraine. But I I, think there's some context that you might add to that to explain what you meant by that.
7: Yeah, I've I've been consistent on this all along. Again, it's like the Middle Eastern Arabs also seen the Nazis as liberators from England, Spain, Mm -hmm. and France you know, liberation in the loose sense of the term. But again, be careful what you wish for, right? It is again, like us siding with Stalin. He wasn't our friend, they weren't our allies, but they were a necessary evil to link up with temporarily, to defeat the other evil that was Hitler at the time, the enemy of my enemy notion. I've said this over and over consistent about the quasi-Nazi brigades in Ukraine. Again, it is more about anti-Russian than it is pro-Nazism, because a lot of Ukrainians did indeed see the Germans coming in to take the Russian boot off their throat. Now, good, bad, smart, I'm not arguing any of that. I'm just saying that there are people there that saw it that way.
0: At the time, yes, that's true. And you can, uh, because, of course, they they didn't know what was coming, necessarily, right? right? They. You have to remember that there's no twenty twenty hindsight. At at the time, they but it, it's a fact that people in Ukraine at the time, some of them, viewed the Nazis coming in as being liberators. the liber, You know, the, they were being told they were being liberated. Tucker Carlson says he's coming to Canada to, to liberate us. I mean, I don't know what comes of that. Maybe it'll be a liberation. Maybe it'll be an oppression. Who knows when Tucker Carlson gets through, through with us? I can't predict the future. I can only imagine, well, I can try to predict it, but it may or may not come to pass. They didn't know what was coming to pass either. And I think You know, as time went on, they realized and they've certainly have come to realize the realities of Nazism and fascism. Is that a is that kind of where we're going with the context on this? Yeah.
7: But again, the context of the supposed Nazi brigades in Ukraine, they Mm -hmm. aren't pro Hitler. They are just and I've said over and over wearing a swastika, a Nazi swastika is Stupid! No matter why you're doing it, because people don't care about the context. All they see is that symbol and they leap to conclusions. That's all I'm saying is the context here, that there is gray involved in this. And as you mm-hmm. said, we can't judge yesterday by today's standards. They change
0: yeah fair enough you know i, I think that's uh, i think that's basically accurate uh you know you you can argue one way or the other on whether the guys wearing the nazi symbols in ukraine are nazis or aren't nazis uh one way or the other i i think there are some actual nazis and people you know embracing neo Nazi ideology in Ukraine. They I think they do have a problem. I think we've got some of those people right here in Canada and the United States. They're they're all over the place. And I even absolutely. see it absolutely. Frankly, I see it, you know, even surprisingly to some in in Russia. I see it there. I see a lot of anti Semitism all over the place. Doesn't matter where you go right now, it is rampant.
7: That is exactly my point. Uh, It is everywhere. I said on that last show, should Putin invade California next? Now, there are many (laughs) Mm. reasons why Mm. I'd like to see California flattened and fall into the sea. But the excuse that he's here to denazify is not the real reason. Mm. Uh, You know, and it's the same with the NATO encroachment that I know you stick by, but Afghanistan, uh, was there any threat of NATO involvement or uh, application there? No, Crimea, uh, not Crimea, Georgia, Chechnya, never any chance they were ever going to be part of NATO or having NATO involvement. My point is mm -hmm. history, a pattern of behavior from Russia and that hundred year history with Ukraine. So all these excuses, he can make work in the minds of some people who are willing to accept that as an excuse. I just don't buy it as an excuse. And again, Clinton de facto made them a member of NATO. Putin knew this when they gave up their newts. And mm-hmm. like George W. Bush, people love to put all the Iraqi Operation Freedom on him, failing to recognize Bill Clinton signed into law the Iraqi Liberation Act, which made it U.S. policy to remove Saddam.
8: Mm-hmm.
7: So. You know, again, there's all these little historic details that matter in this discussion, but people want to pick and choose their confirmation bias to their narrative.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that kind of explains what you were getting at with the comments the other night. And, and even though I did acknowledge that I got duped by that Back to the Future movie trailer <laughs> yesterday, uh, it, was good. It, was yeah, yeah, it good. Yeah, it was really good. Now, you, you pointed out, to, it was you who pointed out to me that it was um, a deep fake. Um, were you when, when you were on here, had you seen it before me showing it no. to you? No.
7: I hadn't seen it before you showing it, and I wanted to believe it. That's why yeah. imme- immediately after the show, I saw it out, and then yeah. I looked for more information. And indeed... It didn't come from the studio, which made it suspect. And so many other videos pointing out aspects.
0: Oh, did we lose you there? Oh, what happened to you, Joseph? Joseph got blown off the Internet. Oh, my goodness. Here, I'm going to bring up that movie trailer, which was... In fact, I think there's even more than one of them. Yeah, there is more than one. Um I don't is this the one I showed you the other night? Yeah, I think it is. In the uh description they Yeah, here's Joseph coming back online here now. So there he oh. is. Yeah, he's back. So let me just bring up this trailer.
7: Yeah, Your audio is it.
0: messed. There it is. That's good.
7: Okay. Yeah, I didn't have a blue screen meltdown this time, but for some reason, Google decided to go, or not, yeah, Chrome decided to go, mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is, this It's is got, a deep fake.
7: It's got yeah. the Universal logo. It is not from Universal Studios. wish missing a big
8: picture
6: here. If time travel were possible,
9: it would be the greatest ethical and philosophical conundrum of the modern
0: age. If you had that kind of power, anyway, I don't want to run too much of it. I might get a copyright strike, even though this thing isn't worthy of a copyright strike, because it's <laughs> violating copyright to make the uh, the copyright strike deep fake.
7: Uh, yeah, yeah wow. it's a fa- it's a fan, uh, fan, whatever you would call it, right? A, a, a fan, fan tribute. Fan, fan, yeah, fan tribute, f- f- there we go, yeah, let's yeah, go with that. Tribute.
0: Yeah, and really well done, man, like it's really good, uh, amazing stuff.
7: But, but it's and just piece. a little
0: fancy editing.
7: Yeah, yeah, bits and pieces are taken from other things, uh, yeah, like video that game. part. Yeah, like that part with where Michael J. Fox. Now, Michael J. Fox did say that, but it has nothing to do with Back mm-hmm. to the Future Four movie. And lots of other sites indeed uh, talked about uh, debunking it and where a lot of the different material came from. And because uh, again, I I I wish there would be a Back to the Future Four. Me but, too. <laughs>
0: 5.2 million views. I mean, it's a popular franchise. And, and here, i I'll bring to bring it back up here and look at the comments in the chat on that, just, just to show you how many people are being duped by it. And uh, I don't even mind being duped by this because it made me <laughs> feel good for a little while. Uh, here's this guy says... I don't care whether this movie is good, bad, or indifferent. I just want to see Michael J. Fox on the big screen again. It's been way too long. Epic. I don't care if it's good, bad, or bad, the fact that the original cast are up for this is amazing between age and disability, these two are still thriving. True actors to their art respect. Well it just what goes on
7: and, on. and what part of makes it believable and why so many are duped by it, because we talked about movies beyond this the other day, Scream bringing back the original cast. Halloween came back with some of the original cast. Ghostbusters mm-hmm. returned in Aftermath and there's another Ghostbusters film coming uh, called Frozen something uh, soon. So there are a lot of Beverly Hills Cop 4 is in production. Beetlejuice 2 finally in production. So a lot of original cast things are coming back, which makes this believable.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I see some comments in there from people who uh, say that uh, it looks like, um, you know, that it made them emotional at the time. Right. So, yeah, I got emotional about it, too. And look who's joining us now. By surprise visit, he's back by popular demand. Mr. Michalizzi, how are you, sir?
4: I am doing good.
0: Good. I suspect that your head blew up. My head blew up. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to let you guys go. (laughs) Leave leave me out of it. How
4: about that, okay? (laughs) Well, I... I had to get out of bed for this one, Rick. So, <laughs> okay. You go ahead, man. <laughs> Mr. <Let's> Leonard, <clears throat> I will agree with you that Russia invaded Finland first, but you aren't going far enough back in history. So you have neglected the fact that there were other issues between uh, Russia and Finland. The one that really made my head blow up, though, was the OUN and. The other night you said a majority of Ukrainians viewed, uh, you know, Hitler is liberating Ukraine. My wife is Ukrainian. I know the history. There were a few Ukrainians. I have interviewed people on this historical point many times, former Soviets. The OUN was a small youth group originally their uh galatians primarily it was a few ukrainians viewed uh hitler as liberating them from the soviet union
7: i'm not going to argue the point one way or the other some did some didn't whether it were few or most or many or several or whatever my point being that Some did, just like in the Middle East, some viewed Nazis as liberators from Britain, uh, Spain, and France. Do you argue with that?
4: I won't argue that some, (laughs) but you have to give context to what you're telling people. When you start talking about you forget, you are forgetting as well. So, um, you know, you're, you're doing a similar thing as to what you're uh, saying other people have
7: yeah well you yourself just said some of russian sympathy and dissent <laughs> i, I want but, to argue but we're,
4: <laughs> but we're talking about an extremely small percentage of people in ukraine that viewed hitler as liberator very very small the same very small groups that they say are nazis in ukraine and i've discussed this point with rick before they there aren't as many nazis in ukraine as most people would lead you to believe and i i've told rick before a lot of it is propaganda and
7: uh that's you know. my point i i i say you know a bit hyperbolic i'll admit right i've said the Putin excuse of denazification is an excuse. It's a convenient
0: excuse. Well, it's not an uh, excuse. It's it's a form of justification.
7: They're, okay, let's use that word. That's a better Correct. word. Yeah. Thank you. That's a better word. Now, uh, lots of Nazis in California. Should he invade their next? I'm using a bit hyperbolic terminology and language to make a broader point.
4: But... But you have to be careful in twisting history a little bit just to make a point. So you have to, you, you were just, uh, what really made my head blow up is you said, people don't look at the context. And my well, viewpoint is, is that you didn't look at the context either. You did not or, look at the context. Of or, Finland. or may, or it's, it's. I think
0: maybe, in fairness, it's difficult to have proper context when you know you haven't lived in Ukraine. You're getting your information from history books, media. Um, you know, you, it's maybe somewhat accurate, but you know, I think Kevin, you're bringing um, you know a, a better look at the whole thing and and helping us all understand it. Um, better, I, I as you did with me earlier today yeah, too, right?
7: I wasn't yeah. reporting both sides. I was providing only context as a counter to the denazification justification. I was only presenting that other side. Now, yes, as Rick says, there are Nazis everywhere. That doesn't mean in every case there isn't also additional contextual information. I was indeed only providing one side. You are right, Kevin. I was purposely, willfully, and only talking about one side of that issue because the other side has been out there as the... Uh, reasoning or justification, as well as the NATO well, encroachment. Like even, I said, even what the about choice, Afghanistan? What about Crimea? What about uh, Georgia?
0: It's the choice of words. It's it's maybe it, the words could have been chosen a little bit more carefully. Even what you just said right there: there are Nazis everywhere. That makes it sound like I know it. You don't mean that there are like everybody's a Nazi everywhere. That's not what you mean. No. Um, and and so I think that we're all closer together on this subject than maybe people might think. And, yeah, I uh, think so. Too. Right, and it's not like I don't think you meant to make people think that all the Ukrainians are, or you know, the all the Ukrainian people thought that the 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 Nazis were liberators. That's is it fair that that's not what you meant? No, I,
7: I will say, uh, Kevin. Well, again, now from. <laughs> the Ukrainian loyalist perspective, not those of Russian descent or ties to Russia or Russian speaking, uh, will view things differently than others who have Russian sympathies in this matter. So they're going to view it somewhat differently. Uh, A lot of Ukrainians then as now, see Russia for a hundred years as an oppressor. Some, many, most, I, I don't care the number, I'm just saying that is true in Ukrainian mindset of at least the eastern, or the western Ukrainians. There, I have no doubt some loyalty to Russia in uh, in eastern parts of Ukraine.
4: Well, I'm again, <clears throat> that kind of comes across as half of Ukraine, but it wasn't half of Ukraine. It was a very small percentage. You're talking maybe one percent of Ukraine. Uh, most Ukrainians and I have actually lived in and spent a lot of time in Ukraine not only in prior times, but during current times as well. So you would be surprised how many Ukrainians that are there now, who are uh, anti-Ukrainian government. So, you know, we have to, uh, you know, the the Chechens, you you forgot, you, you brought up the Chechens tonight, that made my head go boom, too. And understand, it's it's 3.30 in the morning here, so oh. I'm not usually <laughs> up listening to Rick. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, the Chechens actually attacked the Soviet Union first. So Russia had a reason to go in there, and it's not justification, but this is where the cause of the problems were and how it ended up being resolved in the end. And now those people are very loyal russians
7: what was the excuse to go in afghanistan have you got an excuse for that one
4: i won't give you an excuse for that one <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah but but i'll also go back to what was the united states's excuse for going in
0: well that was 9-11 and uh, my to, goodness no, I, no, I don't he, think he, it was much of much of an excuse to go into afghanistan but it was that it was that's the, what happened no, it yep. was
7: the domino theory back then. We went in just to oppose Russia's invasion of Afghanistan. We had no vital inst- interest in Afghanistan back then in the 80s, other than to oppose Russia. So I will absolutely agree with you in that regard. It was the domino theory then. And, but. As Rick says, 9-11, yeah, that's a whole other thing. And that is indeed one time NATO Article 5 was invoked. Uh, You know, Korea and Vietnam, nothing to do with NATO. Uh, Bosnia, Herzegovina, people are conflating UN operations also with NATO operations because it fits a narrative.
4: Yep.
0: I, and you know what Kevin, I can I appreciate what you're saying because as a Canadian, um, you know, I was horrified when Yaroslav Hunka, the Nazi uh, appears in parliament and he's he's applauded, but at the same time I know because I live here in Canada that the whole country is not a Nazi nation. But the way that story was played out, some some were reporting on it as though it was like a, a, a proof that canada is the second coming of nazi germany and i just it just isn't true right it's like yeah. i guess we've got a problem and it's right up there but you know and we do have some problems i'm not denying that and it seems well, to have bubbled to the surface lately in a, in pretty profound ways but um i i you know i still don't think that canada as a whole is a, is a nazi nation i think it's like a lot of other places where you have pockets of problems, but uh, I, I
7: think
4: you. there was a lot of ignorance in that.
7: Mm, yeah, Rick, yes. I think you're kind of yes. making my point to some degree. So I guess Putin should invade Canada to notify it too.
0: Well, th- I think that you know it worries me that if if that's the way the country is painted, we it might happen. He might feel like. He might watch Fox News or something, and and go, "Oh my God, we better invade!" And the next thing you know, he's got Tucker Carlson on his left and Jackson Hinkle on his right, and Lieutenant Steve Rogers out in front, you know, leading the charge, and he's right in there with them. And the next thing you know, we're 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 liberated. <laughs> Just
4: yeah. I, and stranger things have happened, and well, it's weird I, so times. I... I'm actually going to give a a counterpoint to Mr. Leonard's statement there about Putin invading Canada. Well, for no other reason than he's Joe Biden in the United States, I think Joe Biden should invade Canada.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Everybody wants to invade us. It's the same (laughs)
4: reason they had over Syria, you know? They they have no reason for it. They're talking about it. It's like like it's it's just like uh, why would biden,
7: why would biden want to invade canada justin and biden are both fascists themselves <laughs> oh i don't
4: well, know man you know why why does the united states want to fight iran is it because they're supplying weapons to terror cells that are attacking israel well you know reality is, is we were big supporters of iran and building those same terror groups that are, you know, attacking Israel and the United States over there right now. So, you know. we,
7: We helped build the Mujahideen through Osama in Afghanistan. There's no question of that. And yes, we were an ally with Iran until the Shah was overthrown. And it's the same with Iraq, why so many in America were uneasy about the alliance with Saddam because the Baptist Party Literally was created out of remnants of the Nazi Party
4: But it was the same situation you're accusing Putin of why was the Shah overthrown? Because he was an American puppet, you know, let's start digging into the CIA's deal and regime change here so At least Putin comes out and he says, I'm doing this because. And there's a lot more reason than Nazis for why Russia went into Ukraine. Um, You know, you can't oversimplify what isn't a, you know, a simple issue. That's exactly
0: right. You know, I agree with you. And, you know, this whole denazification thing, I get it. But I also see that one of the main motivations in using that as part of the justification is because it's it's something that people in their minds can understand as a cliche right. again and that's what governments do when they're <clears throat> selling anything to anybody
7: show anybody a nazi swastika and no thought is required immediate emotional feedback so putin obviously i don't blame him for using that as one of the justifications because it's an I, easy sell to people.
4: <laughs> yep. I'll agree <laughs> with you on that one. Yeah.
0: Well,
3: yeah.
4: Any do you, any any comments
0: Kevin on the on the Julian Assange thing today? Have you been looking at it at all?
4: Yeah, I've been I've been keeping an eye on it. Um, you know, I I have one of our colleagues who has made sure I keep an eye on it. So, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I'll I'll agree with what you said just a, a little bit ago, Rick. <clears throat> it's a complex case. Um, I don't honestly believe he went beyond what he should have in reporting what he was given. <clears throat> you know, did he put The US at risk? Maybe. But, you know, the guy's been in jail for how many years at this point? And the United States would just as soon bring him back, convict him of treason, and put him to death. But Mm. the guy who gave him the documents was pardoned after what, two years? Yeah. It's time to just say the guy's been in jail long enough.
0: Yeah, I, and, I think and, that's and, pretty and, fair, too. Yeah. And let
7: me say this from the Russian perspective. Russia has reasons to want Assange tried there and convicted for putting Russian lives at times at risk. Again, people want to just latch on to what is convenient for their narrative. Right, Assange has Uh, let out a lot of things. Does Putin want to bring Assange
0: there to put him on trial? No, he
7: he doesn't. He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. I don't know why the U.S. is obsessed with it when he's already in prison. Putin knows better than to bother to go there. But does Kevin, you wouldn't agree that Russia also has reasons to be anti-Assange with some of the Russian secrets? He let out through WikiLeaks.
4: Well, let's say that, you know, yeah, he's let things out. And, you know, would Putin have the right to take the stance the United States does? Yes. But Russia, but Russia does not want to extradite him and convict him and put him to death. He's a non-issue for Russia and Russians.
7: Now, I live he,
4: here. I know
7: he, he's in prison. He's he should be a non issue for Americans at this point, too. But yet, some are obsessed with this. I'm of the Putin mindset on this one. He's a non issue. Leave it be. I think a lot of Americans want it for the distraction, the Alinsky deflection to hide their guilt of crimes they've committed. American, a lot of deep state American government is indeed absolutely corrupt. You're not going to get me to say, oh, but, you know, the U.S. is great. It's all roses over here. Uh, If any idiot got that impression, I don't know how. (laughs) So I think they're on it just as a deflection.
0: Kevin, do you think that they, they want this conviction and extradition and conviction uh, because they're looking for additional
4: deterrence? I, I think this is why the United States wants it. I do want to go back to Putin for just a minute. He has actually said that what the United States is doing is not democracy and it is anti free speech. So, um, you know, I, I'm just going to say that Russia has the exact opposite attitude of what you're saying. He's such a non-issue that
7: <laughs> you're trying to he doesn't Putin, mean
4: anything to you're them. You're
7: trying to paint Putin as a major free speech guy now, right? You expect I, people to buy that.
4: You know, I don't care if you buy it or not, but a lot of the viewers actually know that I have more free speech here than I have in the United States. I have very few things I cannot speak publicly about in Russia.
7: As long as you're and, towing the Russian line, yeah.
4: No. No i have nothing that i can't speak about here other than the censorship that the west hears about in russia is solely based around not putting out fake news about the russian military in the special military operation i would be arrested if i went out and said the russian army is slaughtering millions of ukrainians that that is fake news it's a lie and it's not allowed here so it is a very truth-oriented country i can go out and i can say anything i want about vladimir putin with impunity so uh you just might get
7: poloniumed if you you know but so you're saying no ukrainians have been taken back to russia to be re-educated. That's all fake news.
4: Ukrainians have not been brought back to Russia to be re-educated. I will make that statement. Children have not been kidnapped and taken to Russia to be re-educated. Children have been brought back and sent to the Artek children's camp to get rest and relaxation from a life of war. I have a young lady that um, Lori has interviewed and I have interviewed from Donetsk uh, who grew up in that. She's a young woman. She is an activist, but she has not been reeducated by Russia. So the only Ukrainians that have been brought back from Ukraine are prisoners of war and russia freely exchanges them with ukraine except it seems ukraine likes to shoot down the planes full of ukrainian pow's being returned
0: yeah well you know that that was tragic uh why that happened i don't know Um, neither do i yeah that's whether they thought that it was uh um you know, a, a plane full of something other than prisoners, in improper communication or intentional. I, why would they would yeah. shoot down a plane full of their own POWs is beyond well, me. Unless, but, the, you know, you know, I guess there would be a, a a theory that they were trying to do it to make it. I don't know, man. That just, that blows well, my mind. Uh, again, that whole thing.
7: Uh, every side bl- Peddles propaganda, and quite frankly, I think I've heard some recently here from Kevin. But did they shoot it down to try to blame Russia again? Every side engages in propaganda and sometimes false flags. I'm not the one trying to take a complete one side or the other here.
4: Oh, but you are. You you are saying Russia is this way. Putin is this way. You are taking sides when you make statements like that.
7: I am absolutely positively saying Ukraine was not a threat to Russia and was invaded unprovoked. Period. There is no excuse, there is no justification. So there is indeed a good side, the Ukrainians, and a bad side, the Russians. But do you are Ukraine- you
4: are oversimplifying the issue?
7: Is And that's that's the issue I have
4: is is the other night I'm the one who said to Rick that you were incorrect on your statements, so you know I'll just put that out there. That's why he brought it up to you tonight because you you are you are only you are you are doing what you accuse other people of. You are looking at this much when the story is actually this big.
7: You are confirmation biasing. You are presenting a narrative. From the Russian perspective only, I am countering I, that.
4: I have I have looked, I have lived on both sides of the pond,
0: and I try to see both sides. And I see, you know, the Russian Oliver Stone um, version, right? And I see the. Uh, I, I understand the the NATO. Um, BBC, CBC, ABC uh, version, um, I, I mix them all yeah. together, and I kind of, um, you know, and then I just, I, I'm trying to, I, try, I always try to understand the perspectives, I have my own view. And yeah. as I said, I don't think it ever had to happen. And well, it was a stupid thing for NATO to do. And I think Richard Nixon was right back in the 90s when he said that, <laughs> you know, the West had an opportunity to help Russia make freedom work after the fall of the Berlin Wall. But it was a missed opportunity. The West never wanted to embrace that. Instead, they kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And this is where we've 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 come to. And uh, I you agree. know this is. Wh-
7: I agree with you up until that last point, but uh, I have said over and over again, Biden corrupt, Trudeau corrupt, Zelensky corrupt. Are you going to try to peddle me? Putin is
4: just sweet as roses. Don't put words in my mouth. I never said that. I'm asking. I'm
7: asking a question.
4: and, and And I'm in Russia. Is Putin corrupt? I don't know
7: oh well there's a safe answer <laughs> yeah and all the well,
4: deaths—I
7: those were just coincidental and accidental i suppose give us do, another safe answer
4: so so you want me to take a side on something that i don't have enough knowledge to, to take a side on.
7: it's convenient for you to ignore
4: <laughs> convenient well very so, convenient so is what i'm going to point out is you are once again doing what I took issue with when you were on the other night, and why I got out of bed to get on here with you, is you are being not only biased, but opinionated as well. You have an opinion. I I don't
7: deny it. I'm not a Zelensky apologist. I'm not a Biden apologist, but you are clearly as a Putin apologist.
4: You certainly come off as a uh, Zelensky apologist.
7: I've said over and over how corrupt he is and that no money should be sent because a lot of that is money laundering over and over and over. I pointed to example, indeed, Biden corrupt, Zelensky corrupt. You all oh, conveniently. Oh, I'm not sure. You know, I might get a little polonium pill if I hey, take I, a side.
4: Un- unlike you, I don't blow smoke out my ass when I don't have knowledge of something. You are making statements over and over about stuff you obviously have not looked at and have no real information on. So you're the one who's being an an apologist on many things that you have no knowledge of.
7: I leave it to the audience to clearly decide. I have talked over and over about Corruption on all sides and issues with all
0: sides. You know, You're you know, what, a
7: pure in, apologist.
0: You know, it really comes down to it, uh, and, and we're not going to resolve this tonight.
7: No, but, of course we're not. But
0: you know, it's it's like does it's a view of sovereignty, right? And and how history plays into that, or or current political situation. Does Ukraine? Mm-hmm. Should Ukraine have had the right to self-determination as a sovereign nation? Did Russia have the right to invade, or was was Ukraine truly a sovereign nation, or had it been, um, was it the victim of a, a U.S. military CIA coup, right, a color revolution? It depends on how you view it, and. Uh, I I I do see the the different sides people have to make up their own minds I guess and if you're of one mind or the other then fireworks
7: yeah I, and I agree there are different perspectives and I have more than all, uh, one occasion spoken to both perspectives I everything I'm saying here tonight is just indeed the one side I'm countering Kevin's Putin apologist
4: You know that (laughs) that is the safe argument to go to when you have no real knowledge about what you're talking about and that's convenient
7: dodge convenient alinsky attack dodge deflection thank you
4: so uh, you're welcome because i have just accused you of doing what you're accusing me of so that's reality and and it is a convenient dodge for you to say kevin is an apologist I actually worked in propaganda for the United States Department of Defense. So I know what propaganda is. I know what operations have gone on behind the scenes with Ukraine. I worked on planning the invasion of Ukraine back before it was even in Putin's mind, you know? The color revolution was a pure cia operation the, when they threw uh you know put in the current government that was a cia mm-hmm. operation
7: and you're not going to hear me argue against that
4: well so did russia have a right to go in they no. the united States, the united states overthrew a legally elected government as if and Putin wouldn't and that and then started putting NATO troops in and building NATO military bases on Ukrainian territory, all while claiming they were just training grounds for NATO forces. Again, which Putin knew back in the
7: 90s when Bill Clinton made Ukraine a de facto nation, then when they gave up the nukes, which they never should have done as protection against a Putin aggression that everybody on the planet knew was coming.
4: Putin has
7: said he wants to put back together the Soviet Union, or do you deny that? That is a lie. Oh yeah, there we go, Uh
4: uh-huh. You go and you have now just taken a statement that was this long and you've cut it up into a piece this big. This is where people like you Get the wrong idea about what has or hasn't been done because you're an anti Russian Russophobe.
7: How was Ukraine any threat to Russia?
0: It's In not that Ukraine was wrong. the threat to Russia, it's that NATO,
4: is NATO was How the threat to threat Russia. To Russia? Uh, well, NATO invaded they, who? I'm going to answer who? your question. Don't try to talk over me. How? Let me put it to you this way if Russia put nukes in Mexico, would the United States consider that a threat?
7: That's directly Russia. Yes. Okay.
4: And, we, we, and would the United,
7: we help and would them the get S- rid of the nukes.
4: And would you- the United <laughs> States invade Mexico then? Probably.
7: Oh, no, no. <clears throat> We've because back the United States is Cuba. so
4: good at. Of- the United States is so good about respecting uh, boundaries, aren't they?
7: I wouldn't ever hear me say that. But again, well, you implied that NATO is not a threat as a defensive pact to any nation. Never ever has NATO, NATO. been NATO is not a defensive than pact 9-11.
4: No. NATO is not a defensive pact. Why,
7: why did Finland just join NATO? Because they know Russia is the threat.
4: Well, why is Russia a threat to uh, them joining NATO, but Ukraine joining NATO isn't a threat to Russia? So you're, you're talking in circles on this one. So talking, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, no, well, let me finish. Don't cut me, Russia. don't cut me off. Cutting people off is a sign of somebody who's already in trouble with their arguments. So Finland joined NATO because Russia was a threat to them. Well, you know, so then we have to put the shoe on the other foot and then say, well, then obviously NATO being in Ukraine was a threat to Russia.
7: A defensive alliance is never a threat. What country has NATO invaded other than Afghanistan after 9-11? I named the nations that Russia invaded. Again, Korea and Vietnam were not NATO-packed things. NATO nations were involved, but it was not a NATO thing.
4: So let's, let's talk to my Serbian friends.
7: That was a UN resolution.
4: No, they did not have, they did not have UN backing to go in there. That was a US NATO military operation going in and bombing them, killing people, the same situation as you're accusing Russia of. So let's, let's get our facts straight before we go into, into things like that. Who is, who is in there right now propping up Kosovo, which is a breakaway region? You know, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine and stole it from Ukraine, you know, by taking Crimea. Okay. What is Kosovo? It is a NATO-backed, breakaway republic. Same situation. You can't say Russia did this unless you also say the United States did this. It doesn't justify what either side has done, but let's put all of the facts out to people. Let's not say, no, oh, this little piece Putin is bad. Let's also take the other piece and say, he isn't doing anything that the other side's not doing. You know, and this is the problem with the propaganda that comes out of both sides really, is they skew people's minds, but blocking news in the West, you know, I have nothing blocked here other than BBC and CNN. They've oh, you been have blocked, nothing here.
7: blocked, but that, like <clears throat> right? you just admitted, you block, you censor. You just uh, admitted it. I don't I, deny I, we have censorship here. I don't deny it. You just said we don't have it, but then gave an example of censorship.
4: Well, you know, yes. We we blocked CNN and BBC here. Do people st- still see it if they want to? Absolutely. It doesn't stop anyone from actually seeing it. It was a symbolic gesture because of what they were putting forth on their news. However, how much Russian news can you actually see over there? Uh, zero.
7: A whole channel dedicated to it. Russia Today.
4: Russia Today has been taken off the air in most western countries yeah al
7: jazeera news
0: it's off the air here you can get it online if you really work at it if you
4: really work at it yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah but yeah you're right it has been taken off the air here kevin thank you
7: (laughs) i'm scrolling through my dish right now to check if russia today is still on it because it was uh just the last couple of years ago, oh, Al Jazeera couple of years, ago, a couple of years ago, everything was on over there. A couple years <laughs> <ago>. <laughs> so yeah. you're not going to get an argument from me that there's censorship going on over here. Oh not going to get
0: an we'll argument.
4: About- there is a heck of a <laughs> lot more censorship going on over there than there is here.
0: Yeah, well, we're, we're pretty crushed here. They don't, they don't, they censor the heck out of me. Well,
4: yeah. it's it's because you're a, a, you know, an everything apologist. <laughs> I guess so. I guess <laughs>
8: so.
0: All right. Well, I'm glad that you guys are friends again. <laughs> <laughs> well, and,
7: and for the record, for the record, again, because I deal in facts, I deal in honesty. I don't blow smoke, even though he's accusing me of it. I'm scrolling through, and indeed, I do not see... Russia today on my dish. That doesn't mean it's being censored. It just means Dish Network decided to not offer it as part of their package anymore. But I used to watch it on occasion for decades to get the Russian propaganda side. It
0: was banned because of when when the war or special military operation, whatever you want to call it, um, erupted in Ukraine.
7: It may have been removed because of that. I don't know. That is probably, potentially, uh, a, a good probability to be true.
4: Yep, it, it is the case. Same thing with uh, Sputnik being removed from Western sources. So, um, you know, was removing the BBC and CNN from Russia... A tit-for-tat thing? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And it's banned here in Canada. You can't get it on cable systems. They're not allowed to put it up. Um, they took it down.
8: Wow. Well, that, you, that may you, be true of You have nobody two. in
4: Canada anymore that you can watch other than, you know, yeah, the well, Canadian the government of, channel. Yeah, CBC,
0: <laughs> CTV, Global. And we
7: absolutely agree yeah. on that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
7: Yeah. And like we reported the other day, fascist book deciding to try to float the notion of applying Canadian law in the U.S. to block inconvenient information. They prefer to hide before the upcoming election to help the fascocrats in the United States.
0: Well, it's getting to the point now where actually uh, the Canada... It, May no longer soon have access to Pornhub Uh-oh. because the Canadian government oh not going God. after Pornhub. Oh, yeah, now they, there'll
7: be there'll be a revolt now.
0: Now here's the, here's <laughs> here's the irony in in that Pornhub is a Canadian company. <laughs> it, it is, but the Canadian government is uh, is getting ready to pass new laws for age verification, and it's basically new censorship. And so Pornhub is looking at just. Cutting off access to their service in Canada because they're afraid they're going to end up violating this new censorship law. So, um, yeah,
7: yeah, I seen someone in the chat <laughs> say true. something about fake war coverage from CNN. Well, I I don't trust CNN for anything. That the Wuhan <laughs> hysteria—they were literally showing hospitals with crash test dummies as supposed Wuhan patients. So, you know, uh, do I believe anything out of CNN? No. Uh, Pro-America or pro-Russian? I don't believe anything out of CNN.
4: Well, you know, they they do what they need to do to get people to come in and watch. Uh, Rick and I talked about this earlier. Do people go and do they watch the news about the fireman taking the cat out of the tree or do they go and watch the bloody car crash? Unfortunately, people want to see the bloody car crash. Um, I would prefer seeing the fireman take the uh, cat out of the tree. I think the world needs more of that these days.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We could use some more positivity, some good news stories but uh, yeah people like the tragedy and the blood and the gore if it bleeds it leads yep that's that's the way she works in the news business folks that's right anything else you want to add kevin
4: nope i'm gonna go back to bed and let you gentlemen go at it <laughs> good, all right
0: good good night kevin
7: have
4: uh, yep. have a good sleep. thanks joseph and and no hard feelings yes no. i accused you of blowing smoke mainly because he accused me of being a propagandist. I will freely admit you're not blowing smoke if you admit that I'm not a... Prop- a uh, uh, what did you put it? Not a propagandist. No, a, uh... you know,
7: I, I do not think in any way, shape, or form you are purposefully, willfully being a Putin apologist propagandist. I don't think that. I think you are succumbing to a... One-sided narrative because of where you come from. Uh, uh, you know, I understand the difference of what I'm saying. I, I, I think you're being. The- I think you're being fooled. Like you, no doubt, think I'm being fooled.
4: Can we agree with that? We can agree with that. Yeah, okay. we're we both coming from our our own biases.
7: Okay, see, that's all right. a great. Common we're, ground. We're we shaking we the have hand. Common yeah. ground,
0: ladies and gentlemen. And, and
7: it's like somebody in the chat tried to say, "Well, Joe's great now that he finally remembers he's on our." Side. Well, I try to report all sides. I, but that doesn't mean I don't take an opinion or a side. I do. <laughs> I don't deny that.
4: Yep. All right, good and
7: I, I piss people off on Rick's show all the time because I will say something that is inconvenient for what the listener wants confirmation bias-wise to hear.
0: That's your job, piss people off.
7: <laughs> yeah, I say it yeah. every time. I'm here, I'm ready to piss people off. If I haven't pissed off everybody in something I've said, I don't feel like I've done
0: No. And now he's censored. <laughs>
4: no, yep. Self censorship.
0: Yeah, frozen. <laughs> frozen. Kevin, I'm gonna let you go back to bed, man. Yeah. Appreciate thanks. you calling. Uh, thanks, thanks guys. Thanks for thanks popping in and support
4: out there. Yeah.
0: Rick, thanks. Back Thank you yeah. later. See ya. Bye. And Joseph, you're frozen, man. You're frozen. Oh my god, he's a frozen frozen man. Okay. Let's let's take a break while uh, while we thaw Kevin out. I'll be back on the other side of this.
2: Fighting the Great Reset by leading the Great Great Resistance. Maverick News, the antivirus programs for your mind.
1: The information war is raging. Truth without integrity is worth nothing. Maverick News, because those who have power and those who seek it must be held accountable.
3: The world is watching.
1: Join our family of truth seekers, donate today and add your voice to the chorus of Maverick Nights. Donate at maverickdonations.com Truth Integrity It's the Maverick Way Maverick News The world is watching.
0: Kevin's out there somewhere, or rather Joseph, Kevin's sleeping. It's uh, early, early morning where he is. So in Canada, moving on to other things, the government is going to spend 15 million bucks to combat the rise in auto theft. I told you a while ago. Maybe a week or so ago that they were going to put together this special committee group of public officials, including politicians, law enforcement, to look at this problem, this growing problem with vehicle theft, and they're working with Interpol. This is an international problem. A huge increase in auto theft. The federal government in Canada says 90,000 cars are stolen annually in Canada, resulting in about a billion dollars in costs to Canadian insurance companies, which then pass those costs on to policyholders and taxpayers. So... Today, we, or this week, a news conference was held with these committee members and public security minister Dominic LeBlanc in Canada uh, addressed this issue of financing for this new initiative. I'm going to bring this up and share it with you now. Here we go. So you can see what the government is saying about this, and I have it for you here,
5: Mr. Leblanc and Mr. Dagher. In recent days, we saw a case where criminals—fact,
0: I think—maybe
5: I have the wrong clip. Stealing high-end cars, who were released by the court. No, maybe he's coming up here. Have the needed I hope time. you can hear this even okay, the audio is a little bit low. And bring them to trial. Yeah. What is the point in all those measures if the judicial system cannot even handle those at the source of these uh, crimes? <clears throat> Your question is a good one, and I know our colleague, the Minister of Justice, is working with uh, provincial and territorial attorneys general Uh, responsible for the administration of justice. There are uh, cases and we see it across the country where judicial resources, in some cases it's prosecutors, in some cases it's uh, defense lawyers or legal aid lawyers, judges. Um, There are pressures on these resources across the country. Obviously a circumstance uh, where somebody cannot be brought to trial in the appropriate timeline and therefore is not Subject to a criminal prosecution is unacceptable. Um, So we're going to do what's necessary in that space as well Um, We're obviously not going to comment on a specific case that was before the courts Um, We have as a government strengthened uh, the bail legislation we uh, recognized as did provincial partners across the country uh, that for repeat violent offenders there was in many cases a lack of uh, public confidence in the ability of the bail court judges uh, to hold those people in custody. We're talking again about uh, repeat violent offenders uh, who perhaps should not be let out on bail uh, if the court believes that there's a risk that they would reoffend. So we strengthened that part of the criminal code um, and we'll continue to look at all of the instruments necessary uh, to make sure that the judicial system, from the judges to the prosecutors to the defence lawyers, uh, doesn't become an empêchement or a barrier uh, to doing the work that we've all just talked about now. I don't know, Fadi, if you want to add something.
2: Again, it's a great question. The police department has the same concern. When we arrest people, we want to make sure that they're going to be uh, going to the court. Uh, recently, um, I'm going to make sure, I'm not sure about the numbers, but uh, recently the, the Justice Department of uh, Quebec announced eight or ten new judges which is going to help the system to go and proceed much faster. And we're going to be able to avoid some of the cases when the Jordan,
5: uh, the delay of Jordan is, in, is involved and sub question. Uh,
0: and we'll just pull uh, out of this now.
5: You know, I guarantee you
0: that what we're dealing with here and I'll bring stolen, who well, I'll just bring a a this up. Um, chop shops, man, tractor- chop shops. That's that's a big part of it. They're chopping these things up for parts and uh, transporting probably whole cars, partial cars, parts back and forth across the border, shipping them out overseas. I guarantee it. Um, it's been going on for a long time. And it's something that uh, is on the rise. So federal government in Canada trying to address that with uh, new money earmarked to combat auto theft in Canada international problem welcome back joseph
7: i don't know what's up with my system today but i had a blue screen freeze that time i had to reboot That's, uh, nsa the nsa is at it again
0: <laughs> yeah you it's it, you said some nasty things about mr putin and uh he reached out with his cyber team from <laughs> the other side of the globe and shut you down man well no or it i could be the cia I would say
7: more Biden's. uh How many times <laughs> did I say how corrupt Biden is? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I've called out my side umpteen million times tonight, and I, I'm sure that's upset some people. I, I've seen it in the mm. chat. Like I said, the one guy saying, well, it's nice to have Joe back on our side or whatever he said. You know, it's nice that Joe finally remembered whose side he was on. When I'm on the show, I'm not really on anybody's side. I'm just here to try to present information that might be lacking and let everyone here decide. But do I have an opinion? Yes. Do I have a position? Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Well, let's get your opinion on this, and maybe people in the chat have something to say about this as well. We can check in there in a moment. Neuralink. Elon Musk, as everyone knows, his company Neuralink recently broke new ground, made history by implanting a Neuralink brain chip into a human being for the very first time. So Elon Musk was on an X-Spaces conference online and was asked how the patient is doing. And we have for you now the audio from that that X-Spaces. Uh, is it X-Spaces or X-Space? Anyway, you, you know what I'm talking about. This <laughs> online community conference call. And uh, Elon Musk uh, tells us where things are at with the first human being implanted with a brain chip from Neuralink.
3: Another question: um, Do you have any updates on the uh, the Neuralink patient?
9: Um, yeah, I'm not. I don't want to use this uh, to sort of break break major news on on that. But yeah, no Progress is good. Pro, you know, progress is good. Uh, patient seems to have made a full recovery uh, with neural effects that we're aware of. Um, and um, is able to control the mouse, move the mouse around the screen just by thinking. Um, So we're we're trying to get as many um, button presses as possible from thinking. So that's what we're currently working on is, um, you know, can you get left mouse, right mouse, like mouse down, mouse up, mouse, you know, you know, sort of left button down, left button up, uh, which is like kind of needed. Like if you want to like click and drag something, you need the sort of mouse down, and to hold on mouse down, and then there's uh, you know we want to have more than just two buttons. Um, so so we're we're trying, to, we're trying to make progress on that front, but overall it's looking very good.
0: Oh, Pam in the chat over on Rumble says that, uh, uh, what was it, It's she says the brain chipping will soon become a very dangerous thing for all of humanity. And PDS says, by the way, did everyone smash the thumbs up? Please do that. <laughs> uh, well, and and leo says if it was a success he would be hyped i think it is so far a success i think well i don't know you know it basically is like a bluetooth transmitter in your mind that allows you to you know it's really the bluetooth um, radio waves that go out and then you can control things but you're doing it with your mind right so it's pretty crazy stuff uh I don't, I, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to, to do that. You have to, you, you, you literally, I think Joseph would end up rewiring your brain because I would, I would think that once that chip is implanted, you start to think about doing things in a different way because as a human being, you're able to reason. And I'm just theorizing here because I've never had a brain chip before and this is the first person that's ever done it we don't really know what they're going through but wouldn't wouldn't you think that if you have the brain chip in there you would start to think about doing things differently in the same way that you know if you were gonna travel someplace today you might think about using a gps instead of a map a paper map um does that make sense to you it's like you're you're thinking about things and it approaching stuff in a different way, knowing that instead of having to touch something, you can just think it and sit in your chair. It's like it's like that. Maybe this is a better example. You used to have to get up, walk across the the floor, and change the channel on a television set <laughs> until they until they invented the remote control. Now you can just sit in your chair and control things. Literally through the internet, all around the world, just with your mind. You don't even need to click a mouse. You can start your car just by thinking about it. You could, um, you could, if if it's interfacing with you, with sufficient speed and efficiency, it might even be able to upload stuff into your mind. I think that's where things really start to get weird, and and futuristic, is when you start to upload data into your brain and it starts to be two-way communication. And there has to be some degree of two-way communication already for there to be one-way control. Yeah. Now, you, you touched on a
7: few. Th- me being a former IT guy, yeah I, I could see some great benefit of AI and some great harm from AI. The same with this. Uh, I see great possibilities. And thanks to Donald Trump, we have right to try in America now. I think this could be great. And I'd like to see, uh, you know, disabled people, people with brain damage potentially be able to use it and get control of themselves. I oppose the notion of eventual we all become the Borg and that's Mm. where the concern is right not you able to upload or download into your brain but some other force to force information and thoughts in your head and the other issue is we all have a lot of thoughts sometimes stupid thoughts and sometimes thoughts of you know wishful thinking that we would never ever actually act on. Where is that safety net of between the thought coming in your head and you really want to actively engage that thought as opposed to, you know, gee, wouldn't it be nice if so-and-so weren't here anymore? Versus then that thought becoming an instant action and you pulling a gun and shooting them dead. Uh, That's a fleeting thought you had, but it's not one, because if you're a moral person, you would act upon, but the chip takes over and forces your body into acting upon that. These are real safety concerns we have to be, you know, asking and trying to get answers to.
0: Well, you know, with propaganda, which we've been talking about, they're really already manipulating us, trying to control us through the information we're picking up online through our phones every day. This has been going on, well, much longer than any of us realize through all forms of media, television, movies, print, right? And before that, I would say even just stories that people tell, trying to convince somebody of something verbally or even using gestures or uh, other forms of communication. Even music can be a form of propaganda and therefore mind control, if you will. And mind control can be taken to you know, extreme levels using drugs and hypnosis, if you will, or other forms of manipulation. But for me, at least you have a fighting chance in this environment. You have some degree of free will, but if you have a computer chip implanted in you, You're leaving yourself open, maybe not right now, but maybe in the future. I'm just thinking you might be leaving yourself open to being hacked. As Yuval Harari, the futurist, has said, humans are hackable animals. And I think he's talking, I think he was really referring to more of things on a biological level where maybe you can hack into somebody's DNA using, you know, maybe mRNA technology to... Get your body to react in a particular way to develop uh, immunity to a disease or, uh, you know, things like that. But you could be potentially leaving yourself open to hacking so that they could implant ideas and even control you um, remotely, right? Without even you understanding or realizing it's being done to you. I think right now we're being manipulated in ways that we don't fully Appreciate or realize because when we go to the supermarket and I buy Heinz ketchup, it's because I saw a commercial for Heinz ketchup. I'm conditioned over time to buy that through marketing, which is a form of psychological manipulation in itself. But you know, there are different levels of it, and it begs the question like, at what level does it become unethical?
7: Yeah, now I think you are correct in saying what was being said about being hackable is indeed the whole notion, the whole idea behind the guy's thoughts and hopes for mRNA eventually. Mm
8: -hmm. And
7: like Mm -hmm. I said, the father of mRNA says it ain't ready. If there's anybody that knows, it's the guy that thought of the whole concept to begin with. (laughs) But yeah, the chip, opens us up to a whole other level and kind of hackability.
0: Yeah, it's uh it, it it truly is turning into a brave new world. Every time I turn around and I every time I look around I see the, you know, this is you know, Aldous Huxley, it's this is a brave new world from the drugs to the to the attitudes towards sexuality, relationships, um, the economy, industrialization, you know, from the Model T to the future, um, we have a brave new world, and now the computer ship from Elon Musk and the Borg—we're being Borgified. And maybe I shouldn't make light of it. I'm—you know—I have to laugh about it, I guess. But also, you're—you're you're also there's this um, subtle coercion that comes with this because in the future as they make this technology available to people, not just to cure you or know, address blindness or even paralysis and allow people to walk again, which is what they say is the, the reason for pursuing the technology on an ethical level. I think that we're going to get to a place where with the uh, ability for people to use their minds and actually jack into the internet and have instant access to massive amounts of data and information, you won't be able to compete in the job market or maybe even survive in the modern world if you're not jacked in because you will not be able to process information as fast as the, the guy next to you and therefore won't be able to uh, to, to survive in, the, in, in whatever profession or job that, that you might choose. This is the dangerous thing. You, you might be left with no choice but to get chipped in order just to survive in the future.
7: I, I think you have said important information there. And as a former IT guy, there's part of me that loves the notion of being able to put a chip Wi-Fi connected to access information as and when I need it. But as an IT guy, also, I, I know those dangers and that concern of the hackability and the whole board concept, but what you said about their intent is good about helping people with limitations, but everything, everything starts out with an intent for this or that, and always, eventually, as part of our free market notions, what's the next market? right? It's all, how do I grow this into more money? How do I make more sales? You open a new market. So you open it to people beyond needing it due to disability. I have no doubt that that will happen down the road because we see that in everything. Everybody's always looking to expand their market. You don't ever see a company you know, shut down <laughs> because uh, we've sold all the widgets we need to to that market that we planned on selling widgets to. No, oh. it's, how can we sell widgets to other people now?
0: <laughs> o- overlay a socialist ideology onto that and you have a future where people are chipped and you can't really compete unless you are chipped, but you're charged a fee to get chipped and then people are gonna going to demand it as, as being a necessity and, and, and on, on a basis of equality or equity, maybe, depending <laughs> on which word you want to use and, and which approach to this socialist utopia that, you know, some people may want to pursue in the future. And say that, you know, that there's no justice for people unless you, you offer them the chip um, or maybe even force people to take the chip.
7: Yep. Yep, there's that too. Yep, there will inevitably become that point where a new class, the chipped and the unchipped, and like you said, then those demanding, well, I can't afford the chip, so Rick has to pay for my chip.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, society has to pay for it, I guess, collectively, to to level the playing field and give everybody... equal opportunity you wouldn't even have equal opportunity unless you have the chip or at least you should have at that point equal opportunity to have the chip and what scenario might you envision joseph where the chip becomes mandatory in some way where you are required to have the chip and then maybe it's not even a matter of choice because maybe through societal pressures and government mandates perhaps people are chipped at birth Without their consent, with their parents, say, uh, saying whether they get chipped or not, in the same way that they might choose or not choose circumcision.
7: That's the usual progression, right? A lot of things. Voluntary at first, but there was always somebody with a power and control agenda that they feel an advantage by forcing whatever it is if they can get an advantage somehow out of it and that thought being well we can hack all these people and make Mm -hmm. them all think the way we want them to yeah power control would then lend to we are going to force you because then we can force you to be borg think exactly like we want
0: you to and people are worried about you know being tracked now um, when you're chipped baby you ain't getting away they'll not only track you they'll control you and if you're a soldier and you you disobey orders and don't hold the line they'll blow up your head I mean we talked about heads blowing up they'll literally blow up your head when you're chipped in the future I well, can see it,
7: it. It, it, isn't that in a movie I'm pretty sure that's
0: in a movie
7: yeah <laughs> already
0: <laughs> well people are out there you know some of the The really, 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 should I say paranoid or just fearful, Um, you know, they think that some by getting the thing in the arm, you you know, they're already blowing people's brains up with uh, (laughs) with, you know, I don't even want to say it because we're going to get banned on YouTube just for going Uh down that road. But no, no, no. You guys all know what I'm talking about. But the chip could make that a reality in the future. Thank you very much, Elon Musk, which begs the question, is this guy really about freedom?
7: In some cases, yes, and he's not a conservative. He's not a Republican uh, by any means. He's definitely a capitalist though. He's willing to exploit the green agenda to line his, his Tesla pockets, right? So uh, why wouldn't he, you know, provide anything else for whatever other reason, even if evil if it lines his pockets more also. I mean, if he were being honest about Tesla's, oh, I really truly believe in this agenda. I'm not gonna take any government handouts to achieve this. No, he's not doing that. He's gonna take the money.
0: Well. Well, Joseph, you know what? It's just about that time of night. Now, I, I, you're not going to be able to hear the phone system. And I need to – I have a new phone system, and I need to test it tonight. Uh, just, you know, a couple of quick calls from people so that I can make sure the thing is working. We're not going to dig deep into the call-in session tonight. Um, you're welcome to stick around, but I'd have to double-speak – I'm going to have to double-speak the um, the stuff <laughs> because you won't yeah. be able to hear the uh-huh. way the system is set up because you're not – cooked into the audio exactly. but uh here we go okay folks give me just a second i'm going to run a promo um and then i'm going to show you the new phone so, number to call tonight.
7: So I'll, I'll bow out and you're gonna let, bow out okay let let the callers call in and badmouth me if they like yes
0: <laughs> that's okay they do it to me all the time so where i'm in good company thank take, you sir
7: take care brother have a good one
0: thank you joseph Okay, and there's Joseph M. Leonard, author of Terror Strikes. You can find his book online at Amazon. Go check it out. Go buy his book. And, uh, yeah, let me take a quick break. I'm going to get this new phone thing set up, and we'll see if it actually works. Stick with me. Um, And I'd really like tonight somebody new call in. All right? See if we can get somebody, a couple of new people. I need at least two people to call so I can check the call queue system and uh and can we let's try and get some new voices on the line or maybe if you haven't called in for a while call in all right let me uh i'll put the number up momentarily get ready get your get your dialing finger ready get it worked out stretch it all set pretty close all right let's do it and don't eat those crickets
2: we are mavericks We say no to the Trudeau and Biden New World Order. And to bugs. Because bugs are creepy and gross. And people should not eat bugs. Maverick News. The world is watching. Oh
8: no to bugs.
0: Okay, let me run the promo here with the new phone number okay mavericks it's call-in time join the conversation call now at 1-319-527-6770 that's 1-319-527-6770 ignore that. It's already not working. The test mode doesn't work at this time of night, I'm finding out, because it's prime time. I'm, I'm 99.99999% sure it's going to work. So here's what I'm going to do, because I got you guys all cranked up and, and uh, excited about it. I'm going to do it the old-fashioned way. Stick with me. We're going to go back to the old system. It works just the same way. We'll just use the old number. Hang on. Another promo, then the number, then you guys can exercise your right to free speech right here on the Maverick News Channel. Punching punch in the numbers. Phone lines are open. We're ready to rock and roll the old-fashioned way. Here's the number you need to call now. Okay, Mavericks, it's call-in time. Join the conversation at one 902 200 That's 9 exercise your right to free speech call one Call now at one 902 Maverick News. Call now. The world is watching and listening to you. All right. Well, there we go. And... Just waiting for some calls to pile up here. Hang on, just a moment. Okay, let's go to our first caller of the night.
10: I hear you, boy. Hello.
0: Hello, John. How are you tonight, sir?
10: I hear, hang on a sec. I'm yeah. I'm lost here. Hang on. I hit something on my iPad, and it's all gone funny. Okay, back to normal uh anybody seen joe joe who <laughs> joe biden um i don't think he's campaigning uh, i don't you know what I, I think something's up i think they're gonna get him out
0: i don't know <laughs> uh, i seemed- think
10: so. i heard yeah. i heard they're gonna get him out he, Some people uh, are saying that. He needs one of those uh, Elon Musk chip in his head, you know? He's, <laughs> yeah. he's got Alzheimer.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's not all there. Did you see that John, Donald Trump started talking about, uh, acknowledged, I think it was about six people on a short list for a running mate? Did you see that, John? For a What? For his running mate, he was asked in an interview... For what?
10: Oh, oh yeah, I heard I heard something about that.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't
10: read it, though. I've I seen the headlines, I've, but I didn't read I've it.
0: I've got the list here someplace. I know that DeSantis was one, Vivek Ramaswamy was mentioned. Um, he gave the nod to Tulsi Gabbard. This is just off the top of my head. Um, oh, um, Tim Scott was another one. Who else was there? There was. Uh, those are the main ones. Any thoughts on that? Who do you think? Uh, who do you favor? Oh, yeah. Who do you? Who do you think he'll pick? Any predictions?
10: Uh. Well, you know. I, I don't like Trump, but I like DeSantis. I like DeSantis. I like uh, that other guy uh, Kennedy. Kennedy, I like.
0: Yeah, he's not on the short list that uh, was mentioned, anyway.
10: I I what what Trump did to me, I voted for him. I supported him. I followed him. I worshipped him. What he did last time to me, I don't forgive. Okay, he this warp speed. And he never took the vaccine, but he wanted everybody else to take because he was raking in piles of money.
0: Did he not? Trump's did, all about
10: money. Did never he, trust a billionaire. Did
0: he? Did he not? Uh, I thought he got jabbed. No.
10: Nope. No, he took that other one there. He went. He. I remember him going to the hospital when he had it. And he was in there for like five days, and he got intervectum, whatever it's called.
0: Um, That's what he got. No, he didn't get. He. Got uh, yeah, he got the uh, yeah. the medication when he got when he got COVID. Yeah. Intervectum, uh,
10: or whatever it's called.
0: Yeah, not ivermectin. That wasn't what he got. He got it was. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't remember it off the top of my head. They, I think they stopped using it. Actually, they well, don't think they use it much now, if at all.
10: Why? Because it worked. probably uh, yeah
0: yeah i think there's some
10: he came out he he goes i feel like a million bucks but he never got the vaccine Uh, Trudeau never got the vaccine
0: well yeah yeah he i I, well he i saw him get vaccinated several times
10: oh yeah you you ever seen someone give a vaccine with one hand (laughs) (laughs) okay
0: john uh, okay okay okay, okay 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 we all know we know but we can't okay. talk about it here yeah. on YouTube. Are yeah, you going to get there. us banned?
10: Okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 But anyhow, anyhow. Well, it's right here. I'm, I'm looking at a story from December
0: twentieth, twenty twenty-one, and Donald Trump says he got the COVID nineteen booster shot. This is December twentieth, twenty twenty-one, and there are many, many stories. And he he announced it at a speech. So yes, I was correct. I did remember. I'm I'm getting old, and I'm not. But I'm not quite Joe Biden. My memory didn't quite fail me on that. Hello, you still there?
10: Okay, well, yeah. okay, all right, all right.
0: He all got, right. he got juiced up. I believe you. Yeah, he got her. Mm-hmm. He got her. What well, else Oh, my is mistake. Going on? Then
10: I thought he didn't, but
0: yeah, we got. You know, we got a big. Uh, I,
10: I like Trump. Yeah. I, I like Trump, he's got a lot of targets on him. That's the problem, man.
0: Eh? Oh, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. He's got
10: a lot of targets on him. What are you
0: going to do, John, when they ban and, Pornhub? Uh, what are you going to do? What what what
10: are, what Pornhub. I don't look at Pornhub.
0: Oh. I, I <laughs> what are, what what, what are people going to do I, I, when I've they got it can't all get Pornhub? What?
10: I got a chip in my head. I I, I can just I got a good imagination, real good imagination. When that goes, uh, then I'll be, uh,
0: then, then, then we're in trouble. Eh? Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause they're new censorship. The imagination, stuff, in your the
10: best.
0: imagination is the, well, you know, there's something to be said for that. The old movies, you know, they had the censorship code and, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it, there's an argu- argument to be made that uh, a little bit of uh, modesty and a little bit of uh, 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 a little less skin is a lot more sexy sometimes. You know, it's a little bit of mystery in there. M- Mouth's um, going hanging
10: around the Zanzibar. I've been to all the strip joints in Toronto. They're, uh, yeah? Uh, mouth. Yep. In fact, I don't go anymore. I haven't been to no a strip joint in years because of the I don't like it no more, but back when I was young, oh yeah. Christ. Markham, I'm in Toronto. Markham, mm-hmm. back then, you can do whatever you want with him. This is back then. I'd go in there and spend five, six hundred bucks.
0: I don't think I want to know. On a, on a <laughs> I girl. don't think
10: I want to know. <laughs> well, I'm just letting you know. Back then, <sighs> you can do whatever you want with them. Today, today they'll, they'll rob you. So <laughs> he gotta be careful Rick but uh leo there, he 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 used to work i knew a few guys used to be uh work at strip joints and they picked up dishes and empties and stuff <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. they're always trying to get some fr- something free out of the strippers you know <laughs> anyways i i was out uh mother's day a family day i went up to lake simcoe they had fishing huts out there a lot of them i got some good pictures i sent, i sent pdfs up there's like 30 40 huts out there yeah and uh i i was gonna walk out to the hut i started walking on the ice all of a sudden my foot it went in into the water halfway below my knee eh? yeah I said, I'm out of here. I walked back. I went to the office, and I said, "Anybody? You have to save anybody from falling through the ice?" She said, "No, they're all Chinese. They run this place up the Lake Simcoe." And uh, she says, uh, "I said, you catch it? What what do you catch here? What kind of fish? There's largemouth bass. Somebody caught a pike. She said the other day, a big one. But she says they haven't caught anything." They drive you out. It's like a, a big skidoo It's a wheelie. It's it's, it's more of a four x four, yep. with a big trailer behind it. Yep. And they drive you out. They got a fridge in there. So they got mm-hmm. heat. They got TV. Whatever you want. If yep. you want to stay there for a week, they got everything in there. You know. Yeah. But I I didn't go, uh, but I, I checked out the prices and. It was uh, pretty interesting, but the ice, she said, out in the center, it's thick. Along the shores, mm-hmm. she goes, it's thin there. Mm-hmm. So that's why my leg went in. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 was maybe 30, twenty feet from the shore, going, starting to walk into the, to the shed, and boom! And I said, I'm getting out of here.
0: <laughs> so you didn't, uh, you, you didn't actually engage in any ice fishing.
10: No, it's $125 for four hours, for four people, so, yeah, you know, I might, I might go, I'm not, I've never ice fished before, Rick, so I have to go with someone who knows how to ice fish. Oh. Uh, the only thing I ever, I, I do a lot of brook fishing, mm-hmm. and the only thing I do is uh, charter fishing, I like charter fishing, Lake Ontario. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. put the wheel back there and stand back. There's like 10 wheels, and then you got these good fishermen that I go with. They got so many depth finders, and they know where the fish is. And they got the CBs, <laughs> and they talk to other boats where the fish is, and they go there. I always catch something big there, right?
0: Oh, the fish but don't stand a chance with that fishing. technology.
10: <laughs> yeah. When, when I go brook fishing, I never catch nothing. I don't know. Nothing. Yeah. Kind of depressing sometimes. I've been out uh, on you I've, fish.
0: Um, I used to go fishing all the time when I was young, uh, when I was a kid, teenager, yeah, well, even. Right? Too. You know, I used to go all the time. Uh, I was very fortunate. I grew up in London, Ontario, and where I lived in the south end of the city, there are some ponds, and right in the center of the community, there's a giant wooded area. That's it's still there today. They they've never allowed the trees to be cleared um, and so when I was a kid I uh, didn't live far from that so we used to take a canoe and we we made up a, a big wheel for it so we could roll this canoe down the road and and over way you know down down the lane and then over into this wooded area and then we we'd roll the canoe down these paths all through the woods and we'd get to these ponds and we'd put the canoe out and we'd go fishing we did that many summers and 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 so i'd go back there and catch smallmouth bass um back in these ponds and that was that was great fun and i was so fortunate to to grow up and be able to do that kind of thing right in the middle of a city so pretty unusual yeah
10: yeah that i guess where you are it's probably good fishing up there
0: yeah, right here, right here in, um, in where I live, we have Mitchell's Bay. And and it's, some people say it's the best fishing, uh, best freshwater fishing in the world. It's a very shallow bay as part of the Great Lakes system. And there was a gentleman that lived up there that I met once. And being in television, it was a special meeting for me because his name was Red Fisher. And he lived up there, and he had Red a television. <laughs> he had he had a television show, um, and he he was the Red Fisher show, and he had Scuttlebutt Lodge. And he, he when I was a kid, he'd be on TV, you know, spinning old fish tales, right, with his friends, and that was the whole show. On I think it was on Sundays, and then one day, just by chance, when I moved to this area, I was up in Mitchell's Bay, and I was working, and I was. Um, I was actually getting into independent production at the time and I just happened to meet him. And I was just like, I was just beside myself because I got to meet Red Fisher, who was a professional fisherman, who, an angler, yeah, right? I, and I know that Famous, guy. yeah. Did you know Red yeah. Fisher?
10: I seen him on TV. Yeah. yeah. Red Fisher. Yeah, yeah, he was on TV.
0: He Red was? Fisher. For years and years and years. I had think a so. Show.
10: I think it was him. Yeah, Yeah. I watch. I watch a lot of fishing shows. I I was just uh, watching uh, up in the Arctic. uh, These Eskimos, they they catch beaver in the ice. Yeah, they build these traps. They set them all up, and then they go back a day later and Mm -hmm. yank them out, and they got a beaver. And they catch all these beavers, and it's pretty interesting. I go up to uh, up to uh, Manitoulin Island on the Res. There, we go fishing all the time. But they use nets there. They don't use rods. They use fishing nets. He's got yeah. a fishing hut in his backyard that he built. It's a fishing smokehouse. Oh yeah. I took. I got a lot of pictures of it in case I want to build one myself one day. Yeah. <laughs> Take a bunch of pictures. But he smokes fish in there. Right? He puts them in there. You know. And uh, it's all made of cedar. It's it's uh, pretty interesting. Uh, smoked fish.
0: Well, I'll tell you, I I think that people should stay off the ice. I mean, maybe up further north someplace it's okay, but down here it has been so mild. If there even is any ice, I don't think it's safe at all. So my advice is, folks, if you live anywhere near me, stay off the ice, because today it was like spring. Spring, man, I'm telling
10: you. Natives are not even going ice fishing. Rick, the natives are not even going ice fishing up in Georgian Bay. Yeah, and yeah. Lake Simcoe, they got all the huts, but they're run by Chinese. The, mm-hmm. I went to the office; they're all Chinese in there. So I guess they'll do anything for a buck, eh?
0: Well, I don't know what you mean. So, what do you mean? I don't get it.
10: Well, why why are they got so many huts out there? It, it's dangerous, like you said.
0: Oh My well, yeah. I mean. Ice. Yeah, I mean, it happens every year. People don't think. They, 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 they get careless. They think it's safe when it isn't. Every year, uh, people go through the ice or, or get into trouble, and the cops have to go out and rescue people. And, you know, I, it's amazing how many people go through the ice and die. Um, skidoos, you know, snowmobiles going through the ice, especially this time of year when it starts to get warmer you got to be so careful. I wouldn't go out on the ice. I used to go out and do television news stories at least once or twice a year on ice fishing, and usually in Mitchell's Bay. And I'd go out and, uh, you know, but I wouldn't go unless it was like January and the coldest of the oh, cold, you know. Oh,
10: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, because... Well,
10: it's been a bad year. Yep. When I was up in... When I was up in Yellowknife, we went to this little cabin right by Great Slave Lake. Mm-hmm. It's right there, around the lake. And and they, they served uh, whitefish in there that they caught in the lake. Man, that was some of the best fish I had, Rick. I tell you, the best fish. And CBC was in there f- filming us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I guess they had nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah. But that was some good fish there. Everything's so expensive there because they have to fly everything in. But mm-hmm. they, a lot of char. I ate a lot of char. Char fish. I don't know. I, I don't even know what that is. But that's what they call it.
0: Char. You know. Char. You know. I know what char is. That's when I try to cook my fish. The
10: best fish. I-
0: <laughs> that's what I try to cook, and, and I and then I realize that I'm no chef, and uh, and I have to scrape the black stuff off and eat it anyway.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's me.
2: That but is that, me. <laughs> that, was, that was fun.
10: That was ice fish. That was in the wintertime I was up there. Yeah. And then Newfoundland, as soon as you get off, uh, the, I think it's uh, Cornerbrook. It's where the queen goes all the time, off the highway. Oh, yeah. We always go in there, and, and you get a big platter of fish for, like, back then it was like 10 huh. Big platter. And there was cod tongues on it. Every kind of fish you can think of, Rick—cod tongues, uh, everything—it was just big platter of fish for like ten bucks. What a scarf that was, man! The, and the Queen used to go there all the time. They said it's right off the highway on Cornerbrook. Uh huh. But I like Gander. Gander is my favorite part of the Newfoundland. Gander.
0: Gander, Newfoundland. It's but Ganderful that's there. That's where
10: yeah. you. Gander. Ganderful. Yeah, that, that's that's when you. That's 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 where when you want to eat fish, that's where you go, Newfoundland, man. Yeah. If you like, if you like uh, that smoked salmon, you go to Vancouver. You get the best Vancouver there.
0: Gander, Newfoundland. That's where they direct redirected the uh, the one flight uh, at 9 911, and then the people landed there, and they were taken into people's homes and. And yeah, that became a little piece of history in itself. I don't know if people remember that. That's where that ganderful uh, word came from. Because people said that Gander Newfoundland was Very friendly, ganderful. those people. Yes, they are.
10: Yeah. That, those newbies yeah. are very friendly people. Mm-hmm. Man, they all got big hearts. They do. After 12 o'clock in a bar, get out, because there's always fights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, after 12 o'clock, get out of there. Oh, man. I've, I've never seen, there's always a fight there. Always a fight after 12 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's hilarious.
10: <laughs> you know, I get on the plane at 7 in the morning, and they're earning they're shots and beers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man <laughs> i'm serious those newfies
10: man they they drink you out of the table they like to drink yeah. man but they got big hearts man those people I, I i love newfoundland yeah
0: you know it's a good place yeah i
10: haven't i haven't been yeah. there but
0: i've met many people from newfoundland and they every one of them has been extremely friendly um you know, some of the friendliest people I've met. The other place where I found people to be extremely friendly is Tennessee. Yeah.
8: Tennessee of, of
10: is a Of all the nice places place. I've been, and I've, I've never been, been
0: there, not but that I've been all, you know, a super world traveler or anything, but I was just blown away Tennessee's by how friendly the people I, I, were in Tennessee. I've never
10: been there, but I like to go there. Yeah. Yeah, I like to go to Tennessee.
0: My goodness, I've the people there. Yeah.
10: The only place I've been in the States is uh, Newfoundland. I mean, uh, Vegas, all over Vegas and North Dakota and Buffalo. <laughs> that's about it, Rick. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't get out too much. Uh, but Canada, well, I was working for Walmart, so that's why i uh, been every 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 town I went to, every city in, in, in Canada, mm-hmm. I was looking for a strip joint. I wanted to check out the strip joint. And nobody well, wanted to go with me i was working with all these old years you're teasers, so you are I to go a
0: man of culture so sir I took a cap. you are you are a man of high but, culture yeah yeah
10: i've been to every strip joint in canada you can say
0: <laughs> well there's something to brag well, about
10: those uh, yeah. uh, okay. in my 20s or something you know what, uh-huh. do you, what do you got your hormones going back then eh?
0: so you're you are you're a, you're an <laughs> a, you're a ballet aficionado are you Uh, you like the ballet. Then, yeah. You like know. the ballet. Ballet. I the don't ballet. Get it. The strip clubs, dancers, ballet. It's it, it's okay.
10: <laughs> it's oh, right. that's kind of ballet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's what yeah, I was getting yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
8: <laughs>
10: yeah. but it, it, all of Canada. The, it wasn't like Markham here when here Markham back mm-hmm. then. Oh, my God, I'm telling you, you can do whatever you want with them. But out, out there, nah, it's just, just look. You know, they, they have to have one piece of clothing on everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, back, I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever been back, in, I don't want to get you in trouble with your wife there. Forget it. Let's change topic. <laughs> it's like, it's like I was going to say, Rick, if some woman came up to you and offered you two million dollars to have a one night fling with her, would you like? Would your wife let you do it?
8: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to
10: go there. Rick. <laughs> I was I was in McDonald's mm-hmm. last week. I I wanted to try those new rib rib uh, rib burgers. What are they called? Rib McRib.
0: Did they have? Are they back? Uh, I haven't been to McDonald's in okay. so long. I I couldn't tell you.
10: It was okay, but. Yeah. Uh, it was seven fifty for a and I said no freaking way I'm paying seven fifty for another one. And they don't even fill you up, eh? Uh-huh. So I went to the can to wash my hands before. Yeah. There's a kid in the mirror there squeezing pimples. Okay. I went in the mirror and I'm going, Well how I, dare I was, he? I was gonna say something, but he was bigger than me. He was bigger than me. He was like six foot two uh-huh. <laughs> squeezing pimples. I was gonna say something to him and I said uh, I better not. <laughs> it's, it's disgusting, man. He's squeezing pimples, squirting in the mirror. You know what I mean? Oh, nice. <laughs> I have to them. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I uh... never had pimples when I was a kid, but. <laughs> and, the, and then I, I went to eat my, my rib, and all I kept thinking is this <laughs>
8: fucking guy
10: squeezing pimples. And I, I go, oh, my, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this.
0: You know, my, my, but I mind, it my, it was, my mind is fading. Did you tell me who you thought that... Who did you think was going to be Trump's running mate? Did you make a prediction? I don't remember.
10: I like DeSantis, but I don't think he's going to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
10: Because it, anything, anything Trump touches turns into a shit show. They're going to be... He's got like a hundred targets on him. Oh. Everybody's... Out to get him man like if i was him
8: mm-hmm.
10: i would just hang up the gloves you were there you've been in the white house you could say you were president enjoy the rest of your life because l- w- w- listen if you had that kind of money rick would would you and you had all those targets on your back would you take that job man he must have i don't know What's wrong with the guy? Um, everybody's after yeah. him. Yeah. I like Trump. I think he's, you know, I think he did a great job. Last, mm-hmm. the last president,
8: mm-hmm. he
10: did a great job. But with all those targets on your back and, and you got all that kind of money, all the assets, golf courses everywhere, mm-hmm. the guy's got it made in the shape. Why do you want to go, go through this? The guy might get shot. Yeah. You know that?
0: Well, anybody who is president might get I'm... shot. They all take that risk.
10: Well, I don't know about Biden. Biden there, Biden, there. I think he needs a chip in his head for sure. But that guy, he, he's... Uh,
0: Even Reagan he's, got shot.
10: He's got bad case of dementia.
0: Do you remember Reagan huh? getting shot? Reagan got shot. Ronald Reagan was shot. That's
10: another one. Yeah, but why? Why? Why did he get shot? Because he was a conservative, or
0: because yeah, because the oh, guy's okay. nuts, basically.
10: <laughs> yeah. What can I say? I, you know, I talk a lot of politics with Americans,
8: mm-hmm.
10: and most of them, they hate Trump. Really, they hate it so. Much. And if you talk about Trump anyway that you like, they.
0: It's like Make sure you speak into the mic you there, John. You're, you're, you're off mic, you. and the audio is real low, and and, and it's getting late, too. So um, why don't I throw it over to you to kind of give me uh, a final thought? I was
10: going to go outside and check out the uh, weather.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. it is very mild today. It's, it is a beautiful me day. Me so Yeah, more or less. Just give me a final thought, yeah. sir. Wrap it up for me. Well,
10: today is breakup day for everybody <laughs> national breakup day today <laughs> if anybody cares <laughs> i didn't know that nah, that's not a good thought yeah it's true yeah so today's today's national breakup day so uh, i don't know if people are breaking up though i don't follow that stuff
0: it's well like, they say breaking up is hard to do <laughs> but we uh uh yeah, uh, we are not breaking up. We're going to do this again tomorrow and and I'm looking forward to it. So with that being said, thank you John for calling in. We're going to wrap it up for the night, my friend. Yeah. All right.
10: Okay, Rick. Nice talking to you. All right. Uh, have a good
0: evening. Yeah, you All too. Right, All right. See ya. And let me just I just have to click a button here. And there we go. And it is time to wrap up the show. Thank you, everybody, for spending the time here again tonight. It's been a privilege, as always. Thank you to Kevin Michalizzi for popping in twice tonight. And thank you to Joseph M. Leonard for joining us on the program as well. It was a great discussion, even though some heads blew up. But sometimes in the land of politics, that's what happens. I will catch you all back here tomorrow night, 6 p.m., on the flip side.
1: This has been a Maverick Multimedia Productions.